Are you okay? You're gonna be able to talk? Yep. Alright. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to Film Burrito. We are wrapping up our summer hiatus. We are back for... Season Trace. Season Trace. Welcome back. This is the premiere. We're only going to be talking about the drummer from Green Day? That's true. And it's going to be cool. And we're only going to be talking about cool. the guitarist from Fish. That's also a Trey? Trey Anastasio. D- did not know that. And That's weird, wild stuff. We're going to be talking about things you serve dinner on. And make ice in. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, running out of things with Trey. Uh, French three. I, I don't know. It's kind of back to. Oh, it's Yeah. Like. <laughs> don't. Just don't. <laughs> Moving on. But I want to. It's right there. You just have to. Nope. Okay. So what have you been doing lately, man? Like for the past two and a half months? Yes. Well, we're we're still COVIDing. Kind of. But, like, you know, nobody cares anymore because no. the election's almost here, so... I want to get a mask that says, I'm wearing this just so I don't get fined. <laughs> I'm wearing this because Menards said so. Right. But not Menards, Minards. Minards, right. Yeah, because Wolfman's, Wolfman's got Wolfman's got him, yes. Uh, ah. Monster Squad. Hello. God, I love that movie. Um, so what have I been up to? I... Oh, I don't even know the last time we recorded. It was in July, I think. So in It was August, just prior to my vacation because we did two weeks in Colorado... And well, not we, but you, we, yeah, me and my family, brood, yeah, yeah. so I didn't do anything, uh, in July, no, no, and then August, August was a big month, I, I didn't do anything in August, and then we're <laughs> big month, didn't do anything, September, but I didn't do anything in September, awesome, awesome, yeah. no, I, um, big time R&R, so I, so funny story, not funny at all. Um, about, oh, I want to say maybe a week or two after you left for vacation, Yeah, I went out to dinner with my sister and her, and her husband, who's also my brother-in-law. Uh, Is that how that works? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's legal. It's interesting. I had to sign a document. Wow. And it, it was written in Chilean. Fancy that. Yeah. No, it was actually just regular scribe. It wasn't fancy at all. Gotcha. Um, so we're waiting in line to go to Winking Lizard in the Mentor of Ohio's, and uh, this guy pops his head out of the AT&T store, and he's like... Here you go, second, to discuss cell phone plans. And I'm like, I'm already with AT&T. And he goes, do you have a watch? And I'm like, I do. He goes, do you have an unlimited plan? And I go, I, I do. do. And he goes, do you, do you have the best unlimited plan? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I've, I've been a customer since Singular. Like, I what, probably. Here's a question. Do I have time to dick around with you? No. I do, actually, because oh, okay. we're, we're, we're waiting for the six-foot table variant. So I'm like, I'll uh, come in, but I'm well. not going to spend any money. And he's like. All right, he goes. He goes. I'm honestly bored, and nobody's been in here for like two hours. It's just twenty me. years because nobody goes to <laughs> nobody goes to the AT and T kiosks. Anyway. Right. So I go in, and he he quotes me out like this new um, this new uh, unlimited plan, which gives you the HBO Max. And I'm like, right on, man. I'm not going to do it. And he's like, but I'm not even. If you just change this plan, it just saves you money. You don't have to spend anything. You don't have to buy anything. And I'm like, I don't know. Give me your card, and and I'll be back. Like I'm going to come back, right? Yeah. I went back. Because I you said did. I would, and and his his name and all was, of a sudden you're a man of your word. His just just once. Okay. And uh, and his name was Nick, and I assumed he was the manager, but I his don't know. father thought of that name when he was shaving. That's terrible. And it's actually a joke from a movie called Top Secret with Val Kilmer. Check it out. Anyway, go ahead. Anyways, so um, I I go back and 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 he's like I walked in and this was maybe two weeks ago, 
And I'm like, remember me? And he's like, no, because I deal with the public on a daily basis. Why would you remember one guy in a mask? We all look the same. <laughs> That's a good point. We all white. We all got masks. Forgot we about the mask the aspect. So um, he's like, this other guy will be over to help you, whatever. And his name, I believe, was Ronald. Uh, and so Ron and I, if that's his name, if it's not, I'm sorry, I apologize. We started BSing a little bit, and he really sold me on the HBO Max, but not just for the Snyder Cut for Justice League that's coming, because that's what I really want to see, Yeah. and to have access to all these movies. He goes, he was selling me on Batman the Animated Films. Oh, because right. I've never watched any of the animated series or animated films, because I have this weird thing about cartoons, because I feel like they're for kids, I don't have kids. And so it would be weird if I watched a cartoon that was for kids that, you know, turns out they're not for kids. Not really. Not at all. I watched like six of these animated movies. They're fantastic. DC has really found, DC has really thrived in two areas. One. Theme parks? Is the, no. Uh, one is. Comic books? The Arrowverse on the CW. Wait, the They've done a really good job there. Is that the one where everything's interconnected? With Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, etc. Is the, is the new Lois and Clark going to be in that? Is yes. It, is it called Superman and Lois? or Superman and Lois, I think, is okay. what it's going to be called. And but that same... has done really, really well. They, the crossover events are huge every year, stuff like that. Second thing, the animated movies. I they've was... they've so done good. huge, huge stuff with that. So not only did, did, did Ron and Nick uh, sell me on uh, an iPad and sell me on a bigger storage space that I wanted just so I could get the delivery done sooner... And sell me on, uh, I think these guys might have fucked me. I was, and, I was gonna say, and sold me on a new unlimited plan. They and saw you coming a mile HBO away. HBO Max. They knew they knew that Daddy got paid that day. <laughs> but also, so as we were kind of BSing, Nick was saying how he uh, he has zero respect for any of the Batman '89 series that they were terrible, and <gasps> that Nicholson's Joker was was not. He's a, he's a how younger he's a younger he? gentleman, so he didn't grow up with them. He doesn't have the nostalgia. Um, but, uh, I was saying, you know, as somebody with a podcast about movies, I, I have to disagree. And, uh, he, I believe added our show to his, really on his iPhone. So, uh, Nick and Ron at the Menor AT&T kiosk on route 20, I definitely recommend going there for all your needs. If you're with Verizon or T-Mobile or Sprint or Boost or Revel or Altel wow. still out of Geneva, I guess they still have an Altel Singular. store out there. Sprint, if you have MCI for your long distance, <laughs> but your local calls through Windstream still, go see those two, uh, those two, those two gentlemen's, and, uh, and there you tell go. Them, tell them Film Burrito sent you. There you go. Word up, and tell and them that to, sponsorship was free. <laughs> tell them to revisit the uh, the Burton Batman movies because they're not bad, they're, and the Schumacher ones so are not good. that bad either. Fight me on. Yeah, it. they're pretty good. They, pretty pretty bad. They, I mean, they're not. They're not great, but they are a really good comic book representation of a campy Batman story. And, and I think that's what Schumacher was going for, was the... Yeah, have you seen that guy? The 66. You know, he, he, he was died? going for the 66. Yeah. He was going for Adam... The Adam, credit card. Adam West and Burt Ward. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Burt Ward lately? No. He is... Old? Old. Yeah. And well, doesn't, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah, I guess, I guess that does happen. <laughs> Not to me. Have you seen Adam West lately? No, he's dead. Oh, too soon. Hmm. Have, you, have you heard Val Kilmer lately? Oh. He can't talk. So sad. He played Silent Bob in the so New Jay and Silent Bob Chronic and Blood true, Man. True, true. I heard, and I don't know this for certain, I'm just, I, I'm, this is, <laughs> see, I told you, dude. I know. I told you. Fuck off. Get a full-size cigar. 
Don't this smoke one, the nubbins. This one's bigger. You keep so, talking. I'm going to make noises in my microphone. Okay, right now. great. It sound like this. Wonderful. <laughs> Disgusto. This is for anybody with misophonia. Tune out right now. Oh, this is how you do my ASR. Wait, no. What is? I don't know acronyms. AR, ARS. AT&T. No, what were we just talking about, though? The one where, where people are like, this is me licking my lips. <laughs> I'm going to do, do one that's just me chewing ASMR. ice. Oh, dude. <laughs> no. There's no chewing of ice anywhere Cracking of near gum. me. Where were we? Val Kilmer. Yeah. So I heard that in the new uh, Top Gun Maverick, Val Kilmer will be in it, and they were, they're going to write in his cancer into Iceman story. And so the if you watch the trailer, there is a, a quick funeral shot, and you know that they're at a military funeral. I've heard that that is uh, who is in the casket, is Iceman. They kill Iceman? Well, no, cancer does. July killed Iceman? Which is, which is kind of like macabre in a way, where you're, you're taking somebody's real-life uh, disease and writing it into a character, and it kills them. You know, like... You're like I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to play that role. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm pulling from some really weird old memory stuff. I I remember a movie or a television show where oh it was that's what okay it was Cobra Kai. They they season yeah. two they wrote in his death scene because Tommy he was dying. right was yeah, it Tommy? Tommy was dying. And uh, and they wrote his death scene, and I thought I thought and like that was six a really months cool... later he died. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool tribute to. I do too. They put him in a body bag, which was the best part. Yeah, is that it was like it was serious because the whole scene they they didn't do it with any irony. They didn't do it with they didn't try to make it funny. It was a little bit funny. It was a little bit funny. It was a little bit funny. But they, but it didn't t- even the funniness of it didn't take away from the weight of that scene either. Yeah. So it was still meaningful, it was still powerful, but just that last shot of them zipping into the body bag was, it was a little funny. Yeah. It was a... What a well done show, too. I'm excited for season three. I'm really happy that it's on Netflix now and Me not too. on another pay service that I'm not going to pay for. <laughs> you're not going to pay for it, you're just going to go see Nick and Ron and, and you'll get comped No, I don't think for they, a year. I don't think they have AT&T Red or whatever it's called, the Better Red Than Dead deal or something, <laughs> or YouTube Red Dead Redemption 3. That's a great game. Red Dead Redemption 3 Two. YouTube. Oh. Two. Uh, I don't have a console that supports it, that's and awesome. I refuse to buy consoles anymore. I have a Switch. I play old-school Nintendo games on it, and that's fine. There I, you go. My dog is really excited to see he, you. He, well, it's been a while. Been a while. He's so happy. He's so happy I'm back. I'm he, not going to throw Kong, though. He's a stain on my existence. No, I'm not going to do it, bud. He's the Aaron Lewis of this podcast. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, jokes. What up, Chew? What up? So what else, man? What are you What are you rewatching now? Because Gilmore Girls, we, Gilmore, for the third time in one Dude, year. Hasn't I, even been a year yet. Three listen, times. Three times. It's a good show. I'm gonna have to watch it just so I can see what the the hype is because what, this is I, your third rewatch. Yeah. Inside, in 2020. In 2020. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, just yeah. just just for some perspective, today is what September 19th. Yes. And you have watched the entire series, including the, the miniseries, the supplemental thing. Yeah. It's only four episodes. Three times in nine months. Yeah. Is it that special? So here's, here's the deal with Gilmore Girls and, and why I have taken to it. Uh, it's, it's a very important show to my, to my little sister. 
Um, it's it's her Breaking Bad. It's her Walking Dead. I mean, she likes Breaking Bad and Walking Dead too, so it's not really. But it was a show that she grew up with. It was it was important to her. It's like Star Wars to us. No, it's like Star it's Wars got to a, her too. It's got a deep. Yeah, but she didn't grow up with. She's too young to have grown up with the yeah, original yeah, trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. So it's got a deep seated, deep rooted. Yeah, and it's and it's a, a primarily a story about a mother and daughter who have this amazing relationship that no mother and daughter ever have. Right. So it's something that you like aspire to, and it deals with it in kind of a CW sort of way. It deals with growing up a little bit different in in a community where you're a little bit different and. You know, the challenges of moving on to bigger, better things in a life that's outside of what you know um, and not fitting in and being odd in this weird, like, upper class society. But you're kind of just a shit kicker from Stars Hollow um, and you're trying to, like, fit into Yale with all these you know people because you don't come from money. And so it shows the difficulties in dealing with that. And uh, it shows the, you know, interpersonal dynamics between the grandparents and their daughter and the grandparents and their granddaughter and society um, but it's also ridiculously filled every episode to the brim with pop culture quotes, book references, old movie references. Um, you know, like they, their favorite movie is Casablanca as well as Pippi Longstocking. Um, nice. You know, and, and it's, it, it's, it's just, it's real quippy and it's, it's, it's a, it's a girl's version of what you and I do on a daily basis. Like if we were, if we were girls, we would both be either Lorelai and Rory or Rory and Lorelai. Because it's just all it is is pop culture references all day long. That's what Psych was, and you didn't get into that. I. You relate more to the girls. I do. Oh, okay. I do. Teach his own. Yeah. God I bless just, you. It's well, and it's also like <laughs> late '90s, early 2000s culture as well. So of course I can, you know, I love that that period of our lives. I don't know, man. That's it's just one that that I I don't know that I would be able to relate to, and and I. I'm not saying I'll never watch it, but I'm saying that there's probably something that will slip in the list before that, so it might get get well, pushed I, pushed down a little bit as as time goes deal, on. Man. We'll, I, we'll see. I, I ragged on my sister for years to watch Arrested Development. I, I ragged on her to to get into Lost, and she did all of that on you know she she, yeah. she watched all of Lost up in in one summer, up until the last season, and then watched the last half of the season of that season of Lost for the finale and was like, why the fuck did I just watch all of this? Why did I just kill my summer watching every episode of lost for this <laughs> ending? So I felt bad that I made her do that. I felt bad. I got her into rest of development and it tanked on season four and five. Um, so this was my like gift back to her of like, okay, I'll, I'll I owe you one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I owe you one and all. And, but I, it, it is absolutely, it's a fantastic. Well, I show. have a feeling that we're going to, at some point you're going to be like, this is what we're going to talk about in the next show. It'll be like, okay, guess I got to watch it. Well, it'll have to be planned out a little bit more than that. Cause there's like seven seasons. R- right. Right. You get what I'm saying though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have, a, I, I would actually really like to have, um, my sister on the podcast. Yeah. To, to give her uh, impression of as well. Maybe but, that's what we'll do. Maybe you and her will do, we'll cover that, and I can just not show up for you. <laughs> yeah, take a week yeah, off. Go to, the, go to the gun range. Exactly. Spit like a man. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, the other things that uh, that I've been watching though is uh, The Office. Still, I still watch uh, one episode a week yeah. with the Office Ladies podcast, um, and I started listening to. Ice Town Clowns, which is a revisit uh, podcast um, with some coastal elites in different areas of government. Uh, it's, it's 
two gentlemen and a and a female. Um, the 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 female is a public defender. Uh, one of the the gentlemen, Jacob, uh, or so Katie is a public defender. Jacob is a um, campaign manager in Iowa currently, and then Kirk is a congressional something or other in D.C. lives in Alexandria, um, and their their podcast is really good, and they're they're doing a a, a weekly episodic review of Parks and Rec. Yeah, they because they're all in government and because they they all have a a slant to one direction. They are very partisan with their views and and of course you know this they started this a few years ago. So we're back in 2016, 2017, 2018, which was a really united time in American history when everybody was kind still of is. on the same. Yeah, still is. Yeah. We're just it's gotten all better. In fact, one nation under God, indivisible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there's definitely a, a, a slant to it. I don't. I, I would appreciate it more if they were middle of the road, just just for entertainment's sake. Like I know you and I have a slant that that we believe in, and I think we do a fairly decent job of keeping it out of the podcast and just trying to play more middle of the road to to be all encompassing because this is not yeah. a, well, a political it, podcast. And I think that that's the beauty of what we do is that that in in this world where everything is so stratified and everything is so balkanized and you've got it's tribal, you know, you've got this jersey or that you're left or right, you're you're blue or red, you're There's two whatever. jerseys like South Jersey and North Jersey, they split yeah. that state. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. It's a small state, but they they managed to split it. No, it, it, I, th- that's the beauty of what we do, I think, is that it gives it gives us a chance, and it you know, and those who listen gives them a chance to escape from all that crap and and fall back into the world of make believe where you know movies and TV, and it's just fun, and you can switch your brain off. Yeah, and I think when we're really good background noise. Yeah, and when you inject real life into it, it takes all the fun out of it. Now, what I will say. And something that I appreciate about that, because I try to find a silver lining in, in that kind of stuff, is Parks and Rec is a show based on local government, and they've all been, at one point or another, involved in local campaigns in government. And so they give very good insight to how badly written Parks and Rec is when it comes to procedures. Like, like Leslie and Ben and everybody should have been in jail multiple times because they do all this totally. illegal stuff for like yeah. campaigning on 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 public property during public work hours. And so like, it's, it's nice to get that insight of somebody who's lived that and who's been a campaign manager and can point out, you know, when, when stuff is correct or not correct, or, you know, where do these people come from? They should have been, you know, known, you know, for a long time because it would have run in the same circle with Leslie. And so I, I do. And I if do you, like and if you that. can do that in a fun way, that isn't like, it's, I will put it this way. Like there, there are a few cringy moments where I'm like, you like really bashing, but, but they're far and few between a lot of it is just, I roll my eyes and wait for the next joke because it is a, it, it is a, 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 a well done podcast for what it is, but it's a show about politics by people who are in politics. So of course politics yeah. is going to breed into it. If sure. you and I did a, a rewatch yeah. of parks and rec, we would point out the things that we like or don't like based on what side of the aisle, this character or that character are, represent and how they're represented. So I, I get, I think everyone can agree that Ron Swanson is awesome, period. But wouldn't have, doesn't matter who he votes for. Wouldn't have been able to carry the show by himself. Correct. Needed Leslie. 
Well, Absolutely. it's like we were talking about last night. It, it's the same way that Dwight couldn't carry the office when Michael left, or, or any of the other disparate characters. You've got to have that full boat, and Michael was a huge part of that, so when he was gone, the show fell apart. And same thing with, with Parks and Rec. You're able to take out Chris Traeger. You're able to take out, uh, you know, even... Ann Perkins. <laughs> Ann Perkins. You, you can even take out Chris Pratt for a little while, you know, because he, he went yeah. and did... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, Mark so they... Brandana quits. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's that's the one clumsy thing of that show, I think, was they didn't really ever reference him again. <laughs> just He just kind of went away. Well, it wasn't even that he, like, left Pawnee. He just took a buyout and became a public person. Yeah. And he's but never he's, seen he's, or heard from... To I, think, I think he dated Zach Morris and was never seen or heard from again. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. So, um, yeah, they, they never really figured out what to do with that character because he was supposed to be the gym, but he wasn't likable. Yeah. And he didn't have good chemistry with um, with Amy Poehler, like, on right. screen. And they were supposed to be the love interest. And then when they were like, well, now what do we do with this cat? And and then and they did we the make same him go thing. bye bye. Well, they did the same thing with Anne too. Like if you notice, Anne is just a terrible character. He's just going to start growling now. Uh, Anne's a terrible character who has no arc or development whatsoever in in any of the seasons. Yeah. The first season, she's all about trying to be just like Andy. In the second season, she's all about trying to be just like Leslie. In the third, yeah. se- and she's like at. At the the city at the city government hall, yeah, city hall, every day, and doesn't she's not an employee, and she breaks HIPAA violations all the time by talking <laughs> about patients. Right. She yeah, like she's terrible. So I'm glad that they wrote her off. I, and that's the thing is like I like Ann Perkins, Ann Perkins, Ann Perkins, and I like Chris Traeger. Literally, literally like him, um, but writing them off the show like. I can see now as as they're reviewing it episodically and breaking down like why they're terrible characters in these episodes. I'm like, yeah, they they don't need to be there. I'm happy they were. I I thought Rob Lowe was fantastic in the show overall. He's awesome, I, and I really like Rashida jo- uh, Jones. I think she was fantastic too. But it's the writing staff who didn't know what to do with those characters. It was almost like when um, Aaron came on The Office, and they were like, okay, who's she? She's the new Pam. Right. And we can't catch lightning in a bottle twice, so we don't... And they didn't know how to write her and Andy. They and did a good job with her, though. They she did, really but, fell into her character. But there was, never, there was never really, like, a direction for her to go. She was just fodder. True, there wasn't but, true development. Yeah, that's true. But I think that Ellie Kemper did a really good job of oh, kind I, of I agree. developing her own personality and and even though story-wise they, they didn't really have a solid line for her to follow she she just became that character on her own so when you think of Aaron from the office you know like you have a picture in your mind yeah maybe not a story but you see those squinty you, eyes and that big smile and just her like I'm a goofball yeah. kind of and that just that endearing kind of na- naivete that is just She's adorable. It's a great character. When I was in the foster home, my hair was my room. <laughs> like, how brilliant of a line is that? And the way she delivers it. Yeah. Just the uh, deadpan. She's great. So, um, let's see. What else have I been well, up to with Speaking COVID? of willing, willing suspension of disbelief, I went back and watched Chuck again. Oh, God. Yeah. And so, and we've talked about this several times. Season one, season two, good. Season three, Okay. Season four and five, horrible. 
with moments of brightness. There's there's some really funny parts. There are some really mm-hmm. good episodes if you just take them onesie twosie. But overall, Ooh, if you, <laughs> hot puppy, yeah, which up, which up, chew. But if you take the seasons, they're pretty much throwaway. Yeah. Like like you, speaking of not really knowing what to do with characters, like what do you do with the buy more? When <laughs> when Chuck becomes a full fledged spy, which is another thing, spies don't really call themselves spies, but yet every single episode you heard the word spy like 150 times. No, they call themselves I'm a real Bond. spy, James Bond. Bond. So like yeah, and and they always having to put Sarah in a cat suit with high heel boots. Like she's Final going time. on an op. She's not going to be wearing high heel boots. You just kind of roll your eyes. I, I didn't say I had a problem with it. I'm saying willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah. I feel like, and fight me on this. I plan to. Let's do it. Zachary Let's Levi rumble. is kind of like a poor man's Ryan Reynolds, in which he he's the same character in everything he's in, to a degree, but not as funny or charming or great. Uh, and I'm only basing this no. on the two things that I've seen Zachary, Le- oh, three things I've seen Zachary Le- Levi in. Um, Shazam, that's Chuck. Yeah. Uh, Chuck. Basically. Is Chuck. And when he was, what's his name, Finn in Thor, was just Chuck at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> well, in Thor, he it was a bit part and he didn't have an opportunity to develop anything. It was he was just right. kind of there in the background. But, but did you see still... uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? No. He was great in that and and it wasn't a, okay. a Chuck thing. Pause. He was Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, same writer as Gilmore Girls. Really? Yeah. Ooh. So same type of humor. So if you like that, think that okay. Gilmore Girls is You're an selling extension. me. You're selling okay. me. Sorry, unpause. Uh Let's see what else. He's my Zach Morris uh, timeout. Uh, uh, Psych 2. He was in Psych 2, and he played a, a British... Um, Psych what the was second he? season? Uh, no, Psych the movie 2. Or was it Psych 1? Is it the movie from the TV One of the show? movies. Yeah, so they did how many seasons? I think... How many seasons of Psych? I can't I remember. Know. Enough of them. Allie, you can, you can chime in. But then they did, did she listen to this? two movies. Because I feel bad for bashing Zach Levi now. <laughs> well, hey, you got to keep it real, right? Because, but also, like, I, I followed him on Twitter and Instagram through the show account. And all of his little videos and snippets and stuff <laughs> that, I've, like, that I've seen, I'm like, but he's just being Chuck. So either he is Chuck and... He is Chuck, yeah. Okay, so which is, which is fine, but I, I stand by he's a poor man's Ryan Reynolds. He's not as charming as Ryan Reynolds. He's not as attractive as Ryan Reynolds. He's not as funny as Ryan Reynolds. He's not as bankable as Ryan Reynolds. But he is a poor man's Ryan Reynolds. He's the Kmart version of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is Target. He, I see where you're coming from. And Zach Levi is, yeah. yeah. And, and it's not and I'll take a it. bad thing. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not a bad thing at all. I mean, I enjoy Zachary Levi in the things I see him in, but I'm acutely aware... They, I'm going of what performance I'm going to get when I see that film. Yeah, like Shazam, I was like, but it's gonna be a good performance. Well, okay, so like Shazam, I really liked Billy, the kid, not not the <laughs> not the rootin' tootin' cowboy. Okay, okay, I really liked. I was a Wild Bill Hickok fan, but whatever. I really liked Billy when he was a kid, but but that personality and that actor's make of that, like like when he Shazammed, 
right? And he became he became the, became Shazam. Well, he he became um, Marvel or whatever. Like, isn't it? Isn't his real name in the comics like Captain Captain Marvel? Marvel. Yeah. yeah, he was Captain Marvel before Captain Marvel was, was Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yep. And but anyway, so like, which we could do a whole show on that whole yeah copyright thing. It it wasn't like when Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump played. Like he studied the the kid who played Forrest Gump and took on those mannerisms and was like, I want this to be a fluid transition. Like I was very aware that. Billy as himself, as an 11-year, 12-year-old kid, and Billy as Shazam were completely different characters. And and they, they did not share a lot of the same stuff. Like, how excited and like, oh my god, I could buy beer! Like, that wasn't... I didn't see that kid who was searching for his parents, who was committing crimes so that he could access databases from the police cruisers as being somebody who wanted really? to underage drink. No, because that kid had a purpose and a goal and something that was bigger and deeper than just being yeah, but an it, adolescent. Dude, if if you want if you want <laughs> if you want to really develop that transition and really make it believable, you've got to have a three and a half hour movie. You're not gonna be able to do it in ninety I watched minutes. Watch the Snyder dude. cut of Shazam. And I think honestly, I think that Asher Angel and Zachary Levi did a pretty good job of kind of emulating each other. Because that's what they did. It wasn't uh, a Tom Hanks Forrest Gump situation where he, you know, he watched that kid and and he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna copy what he did and put my own twist on it. They they uh, according to what I have read and heard, Asher Angel and Zach Levi they kind of read each other's lines to each other and they picked up on how they delivered each other's lines. So they were kind of copying off of each other. It didn't come through for me. I, well, I you have a problem with willing suspension of disbelief too. I you, don't. You, you, you I am willing really, to. I am really willing do. to agree that it's terrible when you have I to liked do that it. in movies. I liked it. No, and again, it wasn't that Shazam was a bad movie. I was just very aware that they were two different characters, essentially. Which they're going to be. They should I mean, be. They're the same. They're the same character in the movie. But he's not the same. You give any person... But it, it's not a Clark Kent Superman scenario where Clark is aware that he is the same age range. Because he's it's, pretending to be. He is Superman. He's pretending to be Clark Kent. So right. he's acting like a different character. You have Billy Batson, who all of a sudden is huge. Is Superman. And he's older, and he has all these powers. He's gonna be different. He's gonna act different. His focus is not going to be on. I'm going to use my superpowers to find my mom. It's no, going to be no. It was it holy shit. It wasn't that. It's the mentality of like when I see the when I see the the what's his name Angel Asher Angel Asher, Asher. Angel. when I, okay when I see the the kid version of Billy, I see Billy uh, a level of emotional depth right that I don't see in Zachary Levi's performance as Shazam. I see. I see a character in Shazam, and I see an, a character in Billy as a child. I see an emotional range that isn't tapped into. Like, Zachary Levi's character is just meant to be you need to watch it again. and awkward. I've seen it like four or five times. Remember when I went back and rewatched last season, when I went back and rewatched all of the Justice League movies? I included Shazam in that as well, the Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn and everything. Like I, I did rewatch it recently. So, so in the in the in the kind of third act where he realizes that 
The, he, the third he, act is a little bit different because you see some development in Zach Levi's portrayal, but I'm talking about the entire arc up until the climax. You see, you see Billy as the kid have emotional depth, and you see Zach Levi as Shazam be a caricature of that kid. He's he's goofy and awkward and weird and doesn't know what to do with his superpowers. Yeah, yeah. I caught a bus. Like, yes, I'm I'm assuming I would act the same way if I could catch a bus, but like in fleeting moments, not the entire arc of that character. And, until and that there point. again, I think if you had a three and a half hour movie, you could totally develop that. But you I just got think 90 Zach minutes. Really, I just think Zach Levi could have played the role, could have downplayed the humor a little bit and made it more of a adolescent. I mean, you're talking about a teenage kid. You're talking about somebody who's who's emo. He's 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 depressed. He's got real world problems. He's got anger issues. He's got yeah, but it wouldn't have been a fun movie. And it, and the the point was to make it a fun movie because DC movies up to that point had been so so dark anyway. What DC movie was dark? All of the the DCEU movies of this phase up till Shazam. Save Martha. Why did you say that name? That's hysterical. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're, you're a dick. I'm just saying I think that Zachary Levi could have if he was a better actor, he could have portrayed more of the emotional arc of the of of the kid in Shazam. Yeah, but that's not the point. It wasn't the point. Well, I'm just saying it was that this that's kid why I gets these superpowers. Two- it's gonna be awkward. He's gonna like, oh, what do I do with this body? I'm gonna go hit on girls and I'm gonna buy beer and I'm gonna stand on the street corner and shoot lightning from my hands and make some money as a busker. Or whatever. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I'm just telling you, I personally see two different characters. I do too, but you're supposed to. And I don't see any, like, I don't see any bleed over between one and the other, or at least well, not a lot of it. Agree to disagree. That's not, fine. not, not we'll, the first time, not we'll, the last time, right? We'll see what happens in Shazam too if they take any of my notes. <laughs> yeah, that's. We'll see. I mean, we'll have to tune in. I'm excited for Black Adam. I'll tell you that. I, you know, honestly, I have tried to stay away from anything related to Black Adam because I want to be surprised with it because it's not a character that I'm familiar with. Right. And I know that I really like uh, Dwayne Johnson in almost everything. everything. Yeah. In, in almost, I didn't like him in Tooth Fairy, but like in almost didn't everything, I didn't either. I didn't like him in Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> he was the train. <laughs> uh, I didn't like him in Spaceballs, the sequel, The Search for More Money. I didn't like him in Speed 3. He was the bus. Uh, they didn't make Speed 3. You're thinking of Cannibal Run 3. Oh, that's right. And he that's was right. Jamie Farr's Habal, or whatever the <laughs> chic wears. I thought he was Dom DeLuise's stunt double. Ugh. Just, hey, can you be sweaty? <laughs> yeah, am I, am I lifting something? Nope. Nope, just be sweaty. You're just sitting there. You're sitting there. there. Uh, can you okay? Here's 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 what I need you to go, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You're going to be Dom DeLuise. I need you to smell like pastrami. <laughs> I need you to constantly be moist, and I need you to wear a jacket that's not quite big enough for you, but not quite small enough to be weird. And last note: never be more than arm's length away from Burt Reynolds. Am I also playing Captain Chaos? No, we're getting Zachary Levi for that because he has emotional range. <laughs> You're a dick. Ugh. 
anyways, I'm excited for Black Adam. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what it, what comes of it. I just, I don't know anything about it, so I, I want to go in Me either. And, and be surprised. Yeah, and that's what's exciting about it, is that, is that you can go into it and just kind of not know. And It's in the Shazam universe, be, right? Yeah, he, well, he's, he's the, like the big bad of the, don't the Shazam me. world. Don't tell me, I don't want to know. Well, I dude, thought, look, at, it, look at his Wayne costume. He's got the lightning bolt on his chest. It's, I haven't seen know. anything, any mock-ups. I stay away from it. You've never seen Black Ad? Like, I know you're not familiar with the character. I'm not really familiar with no, the character. No, I've, I've seen the character But you've never seen the costume? Yeah, I've seen the character okay. mock-ups. Okay, well, there you I go. Just thought it was, I just thought it was a black-suited Shazam, and I was, I was like, weren't one of the kids in a black suit? And then no. I was like, no, it was like purple and yellow and pink and green and white. Was there a white one? Uh no, there were two Red. reds though. Oh, there were two reds. Cause uh, his sister, the yeah. old older sister, was basically Shazam with a skirt. Was the the outfit that she had? Shazkirt, Skirtzam, Skirtzam. Yeah. So you said oh, that you skeet, 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 skeet. <laughs> you don't want to get uh, any background information. You want to go in. I want one with fresh brain movie that I can just go in and not know anything about. That was the way I was with Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't know crap about Guardians. And then going into it, I was a... Are you <coughs> Sorry, okay? I was trying okay? to hold that coffin. <laughs> not a coffin, just that cough in. I was trying to not COVID. <laughs> we are a social uh, distance, by the way. We're, we're a, I, good, a good six feet I can't feet wait until we monovid Mo- instead of COVID. Monovid is when you record at your house and send me the audio and I record at my oh, house. Oh, I see. We're COVIDing right now. Uh, you know another movie that I want to go into with fresh set of eyes and don't want to know anything about, and it's been surprisingly easy to do this. Tenet. Yes. Yeah, I have. I I've heard Tenet. some reviews. You have the emphasis on the wrong syllable. No, it's Tenet. Nope. <laughs> based on based on the Australian podcast I listened to, it's right. Tenet. <laughs> right. Fair income. Yeah, I think it is Tenet, but I, Tenet. I I don't know. Tenet. See, <laughs> we say it down here. Just. Uh, yeah, I I heard that it's not great. It's good, but it's not like great. I've heard the same thing, but what I have found is that you've got to be careful about who you're getting those reviews from. Are they a Nolan fan? Yes or no? If they it, are, it was Jonathan Nolan. <laughs> really? He didn't like it. <laughs> he was like, I didn't help write it. It's like this movie bloody fuck sucks. This guy. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Um, Jonathan Nolan's actually from, uh, he's Canadian. He's not from uh, Britain. Okay, really? Yeah. Ah, I thought they were both Australian, but. Tanette. <laughs> so, yeah. So, y- you've got to like Nolan to appreciate Nolan's work. Yes. Because he's very unique. He's got his own style. Yep. Inception, I just rewatched. That's such a good movie. It's so good. So good. But there are people who don't like it. It's the they ending. can appreciate the, you know, the, the cool visual effects and things of it's, that nature. It's like but Avatar, like you can you can see it on the big screen. And you're like, oh my god, this is yeah. a triumph. And then you watch it on the small screen. And you're like, this movie's Fern Gully. <laughs> well, not even that so much. I mean, you can watch it on the small screen and still have an appreciation for what Cameron did with the the CG and and the depth of uh, of the the design. Yeah, and and what what's what's the the place? What's it called? Fern Gully. <laughs> you can have an appreciation Pandora. for how beautiful. Oh, that's it. That's it. It's where they get the beads. They're, <laughs> or, on, the, they're on the end of the tails that they do everything with, include fuck. It's called Spotify. Ew. Pandora, Spotify. What's the difference? Um, a lot. 
But you can have an appreciation for all of that <laughs> and one, still think the movie sucks. And one is just songs. Pandora's just Moving songs. On. <laughs> Moving on. That was a throwaway line, dude. Let's move on. Oh, I, I, I need you to know that there's a difference between those two streaming services. I don't care. Okay. I really don't care. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, speaking ooh. of... <laughs> Mr. Carter! Speaking of... All right, Horseshack, um, let's go. Spotify. Uh, did you watch, or listen to any of Brian Baumgartner's uh, An Oral History of the Office? No. It's a, only like a 12-part series. It's, it's, it's really good. That's what I, you, I heard you say that. Yeah, it's really good. And it's done now, too, so it's just available. And does he do a whole episode on Kevin's chili? Yes. He, the recipe and everything. No. Oh. No. He doesn't. It's, it's, it's a true documentary style. Like, it's a documentary without any visuals. He's a little puppy. He's a little puppy beans. <laughs> He's a good boy. He's all tuckered out. No, don't get him going. I won't. I won't. Don't touch his red rocket. <laughs> That's his toy. That's what we call his Kong. That's right. Well, that, that doesn't help. No, it doesn't. So, no, I haven't. Uh, you, you know what's funny, dude? Go back in the history of this podcast. Let's go to episode probably one through five. And you were like, I don't listen to podcasts. Podcasts suck. And now you're the one who's telling me, hey, you got to listen to this podcast. you got to listen to that podcast. Yeah. You drank the Kool-Aid, bro. Willing suspension of disbelief. That's what this is. <laughs> nope. I don't, I don't listen to any. It's is that reality. Not what it is? Oh. It's reality. I don't like You're a podcast, podcast, Ed. I don't like any of them. You, oh, okay. I just. You I, just consume them? Yeah. So you still hate them. No, every you just listen to them now. So, so on. I I, I love um, I, I love TikTok. I I, I lose days uh, on TikTok, but there's this guy who I don't know who does these little song snippets, and he it's like um like cover versions, and he rewrites you know the the music part to it. Anyways, he did one of Nine Inch Nails' Hurt. It was really good. And he's got all these vocal processors and and uh, and like loop effects and everything. Um, and that's why it sounds amazing. It creates like a soundscape and then sings a, a little like 30 Mark seconds Rebier. over it. Yeah. But better. Not funny, <laughs> but better. And so we did Hurt. And I'm like, man, I really want to go back and re-listen to The Downward Spiral. And I've got 50 minutes plus to kill on my ride to and from work. Still haven't done it. Really? It's all podcasts. See? I'm telling you, man. I went through last night. You done drank the Kool-Aid. I added three more. I added the... Um, so what I, th- what I think I'm about doing, in all honesty, after I'm done with the Gilmore Girls, is, um, bless, bless you, you. Chewy, Ooh. is uh, is rewatching Scrubs, and along with the uh, Zach Braff and uh, Donald Faison rewatch that they're doing on a podcast where they oh they're doing the the th- but they're, same thing they're in the second season already so I'd have to like binge season one of the podcast and Scrubs. Oh, yeah. And then binge season two to get caught up with it and then do uh, episodically. Because I got to be honest, with, with the COVID thing, like the office ladies, it's I like consuming it one episode weekly at a time. Yeah. And so I want more shows like that because I don't know what's going to be coming back this fall as far as like what they were able to Probably shoot or not nothing. shoot. So it's, is it going to be reruns? Are they going to are they going to do like more, you know, like special event Zoom Television shows like I, I oh speaking of which, finish your thought and I'm gonna no that's it okay I'll transition because this is what I wanted to tell you earlier when we were talking about the whole pop snack thing oh, so that... explain pop snacks <laughs> okay so so I watched this thing which I'll explain in a minute but one of the sponsors or I I think maybe the only sponsor oh no so it, it was a I'll just tell you it was they did a a live Zoom table read 
of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Really? Yeah. And so it was a fundraiser With for... With all the actors? No. Oh. This is the best part. And, I, and I'll get into that in a minute. But uh, Snack Pop, which is <laughs> this, this snack that it combines popcorn and w- the bag that was held up was Oreos. So I'm assuming it's like just, you know, popcorn with Oreo chunks and yeah. prob- probably like some candy to make them stick together or whatever. You're sprecking my language. So I was like, that looks really good. Yeah. It looks pretty darn good. I'm wondering what other snacks they sprinkle on there. Maybe some Nutter Butters, possibly. I could I did, go for I that. I did that last night. <laughs> Sprinkling the Nutter Butter? Yeah, I, I had Nutter Butters and popcorn last night. Oh, delicious. Delicious. So anyway, so so it was a table read of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, hosted by Dane Cook, starring... Dane Cook? Get this. Well, Dane Cook, yes. Jennifer Aniston, uh, Julia Roberts, Morgan Freeman was the narrator. Um, let's see. Uh, Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians. Um... Brad Pitt. Uh, Sean Penn was the only cast member to return. He wasn't playing Spicoli. Shia LaBeouf played Spicoli. He was high as a muh the whole freaking time. Really? And he was brilliant. Brilliant. He just he knocked it out of the park, but he was blazing the whole time. Sweating his face off, sitting in his truck. And he would like <laughs> it was it was brilliant though. So good. He, the dude. I'll tell you what. He he's nuts. He's out of his gourd, but he can act like nobody's business, dude. He he is a really good actor. He's phenomenal. He's just been in really bad stuff, uh, like Transformers well, and Indy Four, like like those big budget stuff that he's been in. He's he doesn't get a chance to really shine because it's. Well, have you seen poorly. Honey Boy, Peanut no, Butter Falcon? No, I, I want to. His two most recent, well. Two of his most recent. I think he did, what was the other one? The Tax Collector, which got universally panned. Mm. But he's he's just so good. And he he played Spicoli. <laughs> he knocked it out of the park. It was really funny. Um, I said Julie Roberts, right? Ray no. Liotta. Julie Roberts, Ray Liotta. It, it was an all-star cast. Uh, Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel played like who, 16 who different people. I think was it's... It, was it just on, like, YouTube? Da- or? Uh, yeah, it was YouTube, Facebook. I, I think it streamed on a bunch of different platforms. And the whole point was, hey, we're going to do this for entertainment, but they would take a break every once in a while and say, you know, we're doing this for... Uh, to raise money. Raise money for, for COVID and people who've lost their jobs and, you know, their businesses are in the uh, in in danger of shutting down and stuff like that. So there was a couple of different foundations that they were doing it for, but I think it's Dane's foundation who coordinated it and put it all together. Sufi? I, I think so. Um, Dane actually did a pretty good job, too. He played a um, he played Rat, and, and he did pretty good, too. You know, I've never seen Fast Times. No, really? Never seen it. Never had the desire to see it. Uh, for some uh, reason, it just, it was not a movie that was in my friend circle. Yeah, in high school, where it was, where it was like a, a VHS passed around. Um, well, it was it was 1982, dude. The movie came out in 1982, so. But it's it's well, one of those it's one of those coming of age. What stories. year were you born? Seventy nine. So yeah, so you were 
But I, no, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm talking too. about like in high school. Like it's a coming of age where like it's one of those like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It gets passed around in high school. Like everyone hits a certain age and discovers Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon in their uncle's basement. Like everyone <laughs> right, has right. that that story. And Fast Times is one of those movies that's like just culturally every every generation finds it in in some weird age range of like yeah. twelve and a half to fourteen and a half. It just in the group of people that I was with. Because I, I was I was aware of it, I I had seen it on HBO, like on TV, flipping flip through the physical TV guide. Yeah, um, like I had seen it on there, and I I had seen bits and pieces of it, but I was just like, Meh, I don't, it's not really my my thing. It was more of like the the jock kids really were into that movie, and for me in that time frame, it was like Monty Python, it was A Clockwork Orange, it was The Shining, it was a lot of Kubrick stuff. Um, and it was a lot of like in that, in that early, early teen years, you didn't get into, I had a Kubrick phase at my early teens. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like it was, it, it was a clockwork orange was a huge one that, that we rewatched all the time. And, uh, Monty Python was a, was a huge one as well. Yeah. Um, that we would just, and like life of Brian, like all that, that sort of stuff. So that was really my when I should have been watching the stoner movies from like, like Porky's was another one. I've never seen Porky's because really? it wasn't in my stripes friend group. I've I saw stripes too late in life to not appreciate. See, like, well, I think, I think if you were to revisit uh fast times now, I, I, you'd probably, you, I, you I, don't think I, think I would it, like it. Nah. See, because no. that's my I think, thing I think is it's like too late for you to appreciate it. Like Bill Murray. I think Bill Murray is a comedic genius, but going back and watching meatballs and stripes and even Dan Aykroyd with like Spies Like Us and Oh, I love Spies Like Us. It's so good. Those movies don't I don't find them funny any longer. Like it's it's well, this weird I'm not going to get you on a Caddyshack rant. I don't this... like Caddyshack. <laughs> I, I I'll be honest, dumb. I don't either. There there are moments. Dumb. I think I think Murray's character and some of the monologues he does are brilliant, but the movie as a whole I think a lot of those movies that were made in the '80s were just made by people who were just blown out on coke. Oh yeah, and and they just kind of threw it together and said, Chevy "This Chase. makes me laugh at this moment." See, and I like Chevy Chase in Caddyshack more than I like Murray. Really? Because I like that straight no, no, delivery. No no, 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 no. I like that straight man delivery where he's just saying the weirdest shit, like to the to the caddy. You know, like he's he's you know. Have you ever done cocaine? Like, like he asks him like those weird questions. But I like Chevy Chase because he delivers things in like a straight man voice. It's not a weird character, and that's what Bill Murray's always like, over the top. Yeah, you know, and should have read a story, which which works for him, and and I appreciate it. Like I said, he's a comedic genius. I I understand why those movies are popular. It's just for me, like, sorry, keep bumping either, the mic. That's fine. I either came to them too late to get that. Sure. Childhood wonder in it of like, or you're not all blown out on coke like everybody involved right. in it. Which, but like, that's part of it too, man. With Chevy Chase too, like Modern Problems. I fucking hate that movie. I think it's so stupid. Um, what's the the one that that he um, him and he's a writer and him and his hot wife moved to the country, um, and uh, they have they have all of these they have all these issues. I I, I I don't know. a Funny Farm. I think is what it's called. Oh yeah, it's um, Gold, Goldie, right? Yeah, Goldie, Goldie Hawn. Um, and then what's, what's another one that, that he was in that I was just like, fucking stupid. Um, but like, I The love... vacation movies hold up though, to me. Yes. Well, all of them. Except well, European. Yeah. European is not, 
Although I will say Eric Idle steals the scenes that he's in in European. Well, yeah. He's fantastic. And he's kind of like, for me, Bill Murray in Caddyshack. He is the redeeming quality of the movie, if there is one. Eric Idle in European Vacation. And Beverly D'Angelo's boobies. Was that European or was that the that original vacation? That was European. Because he's videotaping her before they go. <laughs> Can I get your front? Get your own front or something, something yeah. like that. I, we should we should go back and rewatch those. But like I, yeah, the, like those. But movies not the vacation with Ed Helms. God, that movie was so horrible, bad. horrible, horrible. So favorite vacation movie is Christmas. Christmas. Then controversial. Vegas. Vegas. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> then original. Then Ed Helms. Then European. then European, yeah. Then yeah. Uncle Eddie's Christmas Vacation too, <laughs> directivity. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Vegas is so good, but not for Chevy Chase. For everybody else, yeah. For even the bit characters, like what's his name? Um, oh God, Sid, uh, Sid Caesar at the end with the yes, but not Simon. We're talking about the, the money, the dealer. The, um, oh, like, yeah. Wallace Shawn? Ma- yes. What's the matter, Grizzle? Not enough money? Do you want to go buy a bullet and run a gun? <laughs> he's awesome. I like when they I like when, when they, they tie, like they both hit 20, and he's like, that's it, Griswold. <laughs> the gloves are coming off. <laughs> Dealer wins. Um, that's but, inconceivable. But the, the best part is is TB player in that in that movie. So good. He he is fantastic in every movie. Dude, Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton yeah. was brilliant in that movie. It's a lock of my hair. <laughs> oh, thanks, Wayne. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I love. I love when. Oh God, what is his? What's his name? TV player. What? 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 Ethan, Ethan Embry. Embry. I love when he's like, I put a dollar in. I got Ethan, a car. I put a dollar in. Or Ethan Randall. Prior to when he was Ethan Embry. Is that Did you know that last name or? I think. Bud, you got. I think Randall is his middle name, and uh, he went by Ethan Randall in in early flicks. Do you know what a movie is very underrated that that he's in is um, uh, the one with Jenna Elf? Uh, yeah, the one with Jenna Elfman is the prostitute. Uh, can't hardly can't, wait. Can't hardly wait. Yeah. God, that movie is so good. That's great. Every single plot line in that movie is completely fantastic. The nerds playing with the lightsabers on top of the garage. Yeah. Um, and uh, the 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 drink card that the that the other one the the, the other kid when he's he. Uh, He's the one who's going to infiltrate the party. He's got the the drink card of how many drinks you can right. have, and, and then he's yeah, doing the like chart. Yeah, um, he was the son from Hook. Remember, mm, Run Home Jack. And did you know that he lives in Cleveland now? He is a poli sci professor at Case, really, or something like that. I forgive me if I'm getting that wrong, but he might know Devon. It's possible because Devon's dad. Teaches at Case. Does he really? Yeah. Goes to all the parties still, which is really weird. That's kind of weird. His name is James, but he makes his son Devon call him Mike so that people don't know that they're related. Doesn't give him Father's Day cards either, does he? Devon makes his own Father's Day cards and mails them to a P.O. box that's in his name that he goes and gets for himself. That's sad. Yeah. Super sad. He writes daily affirmations on the mirror so that he can read them, but he's dyslexic. (laughs) That one's for you, Dana and Steph. So yeah, run home, Jack. Uh, he's a, a local boy. Last yeah. I knew, I mean, he he may have moved. I don't know. He might, he might be an Akron guy now. My my sister actually was uh, standing next to him and his family in line at Mitchell's for ice cream 
How weird. And is I that? was like, I was like, did you go up and say hi? Did you say run home, Jack? She's like, no, he's with his family. I left him alone. Ah, oh, come on. Sometimes you just have to interrupt yeah. Mitchell's run. Exactly. Run home. Gotta be like Jack. There you are, Peter. You should have grabbed him by his face and like stretched it just, out. You should have grabbed him and been like, <laughs> What did I tell you about this window? <laughs> oh, we keep it open. <laughs> Robin Williams is another yes. one of those uh, those I actors. Oh, keep it up! It he sounded like Pee Wee at that yeah, a little moment. bit. Yeah, uh, Robin Williams is another one where his <laughs> early movies. I I'm just like he's he's an over actor, but and you can say the same thing about Jim Carrey. But for whatever reason, like Jim Carrey, liar liar forward. I'm fine with everything. What doesn't hold up for me with Jim Carrey is like Ace Ventura one two and The Mask. The mask is okay because it, it's meant to be that over the top, um, even though it's not true to the comics or whatever. Like it's meant to be over the top, but like Ace Ventura one and two do not hold up for me because he it's just too over the top. It's just it's way too much. He's at twelve all the time. Like that's good. Though. It's not that that's it's not good. funny and it. that I don't enjoy it, but it's just like it didn't age well for me. For me, it did. For me, it did. I did. I've always had an appreciation for Jim Carrey. Loved, loved just about everything he did. Even some of the dramatic stuff. I, I wasn't a fan of um, number twenty three. N- uh, nah, even that was pretty good. I like that one a lot. Not, not to the degree that I would watch it again. Um, but uh, Man of the Moon, Man of the Moon, I loved just God, because so good. It was, it was a real look into Kaufman's life, and it was, a, it was a love letter to. Andy Kaufman and and I think that he he had such an appreciation for him that he really brought a lot to to that role. So I really enjoyed that. I really like the documentary they did on Netflix. Uh Andy and was it me and Andy or Andy yeah. and I or whatever? Andy that, and Jim or Andy, something. Yeah. Like that. Yo, Jim and Andy. That's yeah, Jim oh, and Andy. There you go. Yeah. So I <laughs> Tuna and Andy? Tuna and Tuna and the Jim. No. Tweedly deedly deedly. So, um. Where's my phone? Punch hole in the wall. Here, here's something about Barks and Rec that I don't understand with, with this podcast I've been listening to with it. How come they. Left turn. Yeah. How, well, it's. It, yeah, it, I followed your, your thought process. Then. Right. Okay. How come they never wrote uh, an episode with um, Jerry and Tom Haverford as a Tom and Jerry episode? Like. That's. That's a really good point. They really should have done something with with that. Do you? Do, do, can I take a sharp left turn? Sure. You want to talk about missed? Nope. <laughs> you want to talk about missed opportunities? Yes. There were so many in Bill and Ted. Say, uh, what was it called? Face, Face the music. music. So many missed opportunities. Like to not make the movie. Well, that was one of them. To make a good movie. But so so, do you remember at the end where the credits rolled and I was happy? <laughs> yeah, me too. I really wanted to like it. Me too. Because we always talk about this, even if it's a bad movie, it's one more adventure with your friends, right? Yep. And oh, speaking of which, long way up, we got to talk about that. Oh yeah. But I thought that this was going to be that feeling. I thought it was going to be one more adventure with your friends, and we were going to, you know, it, there'd be a nice tribute to Rufus. Ted killed Dumbledore. What? Ted, Theodore Logan, yes, killed Dumbledore. Okay. Keanu Reeves without a beard, Snape. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, always. So 
Let me talk about missed opportunity number one. Rufus. Rufus. They could have done a far better job of making a tribute to Rufus. Yep. To, uh, to George Carlin. Yep. I think what they did was a good start, but go from there. Do more. Do more. He was such an integral part of one and two and such a, a huge part of comedy, pop culture, show business, the whole deal. You know, you've got to do more for Carlin and just to have like, Rufus, we saw a hologram of him. Okay, cool. I think they but. could have pulled some some existing audio and somehow had him div- either either pull an existing comedic bit or some cutting room floor stuff from the from the first two movies or you know get a some sort of vocal processor deep fake thing or something. Yeah, something. To, to have him do the end uh, over credit narration to bookend the movie to be final. And not and you know like like it ends with the the deleted scene of of old Bill and Ted rocking out. Right. And to have him at the very end just say a quippy one-liner or something that would have bookended the movie and and given it a finality would have been fantastic. And and, and a far more touching tribute to him than what you saw. Yeah. That's missed opportunity number 1. Missed opportunity number 2. When they were punching in the coordinates in the phone booth for Infinity, you know how they, they were going to have infinite yeah. bills and infinite Teds or whatever. The the first two numbers of that sequence was six nine. They didn't make a joke. No, they didn't. Because they said six nine, and then they kept going, and I'm like, joke? Where's the joke? Where is the joke? Nothing. They even went so far as to put the Circle K in, like, in the background of one of the shots as they were setting up for that final concert or whatever. So you get, like, you get that Circle K reference again, but they completely pass on the 69, dude. Do you know what... Why? Do you know what I would have really liked to have seen? Is the two of them traveling back to the original scene at a distance. And having all six of them? Well, at a very far distance to where they're looking at... They're looking at Rufus coming out of the yeah. the telephone booth, and then the telephone other telephone booth shows up with it full of historic characters, and just seeing body doubles play out. You don't even have to hear it, and just to have them share a moment of like, this is where the this adventure where we started. Yeah. Let's get back to let's get See, the band back that, together. That would have been awesome. Yep, it would have been that. Awesome. That would have been if that scene was in there at some point in the middle of the movie. That would have. That would have lent to a lot more forgiving attitude on my part for, for the wasted time right. of watching the movie for an hour and a half. Yeah, just something to to play on the nostalgia of it all. Because having them together is one thing. But when you throw in those little... I'll give you an example. Uh, Indy 4. When they were in... When he, he points to... Uh, I think it was Indy 4 when he points to the... Uh, um, Ark of the was Ark of the Covenant was painted on the wall. Yeah, no, it's um, oh, no, that that's was in three. three. Yeah, and he's like, she's like, are you sure? Pretty, Pretty sure. sure. Yeah, but when he's in the motorcycle in the sidecar with Mutt, and he like you get that call back to Last Crusade, and and how he looks disapprovingly at Mutt when even, he goes through the library. Even even the where when they're when they're going to <laughs> the um to the burial uh, uh the burial place in South America. And he's talking about, I was kidnapped once by Pancho Villa. Like, as a great yeah. callback to the young Indiana Young Jones Chronicles. Chronicles. Yep. 
So and you, the Ark of the Covenant does show up in four when they're when they're at the very opening scene when they're in the crate in the crate and they play and the yes. theme over it, but they he doesn't like point to it. But that that's a really good callback to it. It's the same theme music, like it it's right. it. Indy four for all of its flaws has a lot of heartstring pull. It doesn't make up for interdimensional aliens essentially, or CGI monkeys, or CGI mutts legs. Or- or the ants, or oh, the ants was pretty. The ants was pretty good. No, the ants was bad. The, the whole point of the ants was to creep you the hell out, and it totally creeped me out. They should so have found a practical way of doing it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, um, and the prairie dogs. I did not care for the prairie dogs. I didn't like that the mountain, the 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 Paramount logo was the prairie dog thing because it was yeah. all CG and that's it looked kind of so funny, fake. The fridge was pretty bad. But, fridge was pretty. But bad. that's more of a nod to. The original concept for Zemeckis and Spielberg in Back to the Future, yeah, because Doc was going to drive a lead-lined refrigerator into a nuclear explosion, and the <laughs> fridge was going to take them back to. And they didn't want kids emulating it and getting in fridges. Yeah, because kids used to die in fridges back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, for you, were there any redeeming qualities of Bill and Ted Face Music no, at all? No, nothing. No, there was nothing about okay. them. Well, no, I, I, I had a few. death. So you death, death was good. Death was was really good. It, it, he's just he's awesome. Like, cause it, I would watch an entire movie of death. I was I was just gonna say if you took him out of the movie and he just did his thing, it'd still be funny. Yeah. Um, my kids loved uh, what was his name. De, uh, Dennis Caleb McCoy, <laughs> the assassin robot. I so at first I he thought was that was funny, Nick um, Schwartzman. No, Ben Schwartzman. No, Nick. Uh, the, I hate the kid. No, I hate. I hate this guy. He's a uh, he's a comedian. He was in Blades. Schwartzman. Yeah, Blades of Glory. He's yeah. the super fan. I I thought that was him, and I hate that guy. Absolutely hate yeah, him. I am aware of you. And. Um, <laughs> Just I could do an hour on how much I hate him and everything he's in. Um, I thought it was him. I didn't know. I don't remember who the actor is. I don't either. But it was that. Okay, so that he was, was terrible. Funny man. No, I, I thought no, he, he I wasn't. thought Dennis Caleb McCoy was very funny. No, I thought it was stupid. I thought it was a stupid idea. I thought it was as dumb as making the time machines little CGI eggs with uh, Kristen. What's her name? Uh, Rufus's Kristen yeah, Rufus's yeah. daughter. Um, I thought that was fucking stupid. I thought. All of this, all of the the green screen in the back, all the CGI was terrible. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty poorly done. The the whole travel, the daughters traveling through time to get musicians together, was glossed over and was yeah. not reminiscent of what the actual movies were supposed to be about. It should have been Bill and Ted on that journey to help write the music. That should it shouldn't have been stealing it from themselves. It should have been assembling the greatest band ever. It, their daughters, as a way of passing the torch to the next generation, if they were to do a fourth one, that's all that the daughters were there for. Right. I, I even though I, I really like the and actress, their storyline felt shoehorned in. It didn't. It didn't feel like it was the same movie. No. When you, when you switched from the the girls to Bill and Ted, back to the girls, back to Bill and Ted, it felt like it's a different it movie. It's a different movie. Yeah. And the thing and too you're is switching channels and then you switch back. I and I, I feel terrible Dave because Grohl I was great though. Dave Grohl. Yeah, Dave Grohl was Dave great. Grohl was great. So. The, the girl who plays Ted's daughter, and I, I feel bad I can't remember the actress's name. Um, that actress, her pref, her pronoun of preference is they, so I'm going to I'm going to use they for that. They are an amazing actor. 
or actress. I don't know what the if the, I don't know the, the proper – I'm going to say actor. You could say thespian. They are an amazing actor on that TV show Atypical on Netflix. Absolutely amazing. And okay. so I was excited that she was – that they were going to be in that. I'm trying really hard. I'm sorry. Um, that they were going to be in that. They were wasted. Yeah. That talent was absolutely wasted. I don't know who – um, Bill's counterpart daughter is. I don't remember seeing her in anything else before. Again, wasted. I think that it could have been done better, but I also think that they were not necessary for the movie at all. Completely and totally agree with you. Um, I think that the actors that they got to play Louis Armstrong and um, and uh, oh, Jimi Hendrix were terribly cast. I agree. I I think that it I think that having Kid Cudi in there was stupid. I thought it was well, just I see, I, that was kind of funny. I thought it was a marketing ploy. <laughs> he, he did a good job. I'm not saying that the acting Talking was bad. About quantum physics and stuff. It was uh, really funny. Again, I'm not saying the acting was bad. I'm just saying that that is not an artist who is going to bring together. Like that's not the DJ who's going to mix everything together and have it be fantastic. Here we go. Uh, Bridget or Brigitte Lundy Payne. Is uh is the one who played uh Ted Theodore Logan's? She was uh they were Will Wilhelmina Billy Preston. Oh, Samara Weaving is who played uh Bill's daughter. Bill S. Preston Esquire's daughter. She was in uh, Ready or Not. Have you seen Ready or Not? No. You need to check that out. That was actually. I went into that movie with zero expectations, and I really enjoyed it. It, it was a good. Uh, well, I have to discipline. I have to discipline my dog. Okay. Go lay down, or you're going to bed. Lay down. Stop being a jerk. Down. You should see his sad eyes right now. I'm talking about Chuck, not the dog. <laughs> you, you're going to go in timeout. Maybe I. She was in G.I. Joe 3. Ew. There's a third G.I. Joe movie? G.I. Joe Ever Vigilant. Uh, apparently it's it's currently in production. Oh, that Why sounds terrible. That? Is The Rock back in this one? But while you're, while well, you're they're, busy... They're just talking about it, apparently. Oh, I was going to say, while you're busy doing things that we never do on this podcast, which is look stuff up, um, what have you been watching during COVID? Since I didn't get a chance to ask you that question, what you've been doing on our on our weeks off? Freaking everything, dude. I've just <laughs> I've been watching everything because what else is there to do? Honestly. It's Nothing. like you, you can't go you can't go to the movies, you can't go to a concert, you can't go to a museum. <laughs> You're just it's like, hey. You know what you can do? What's that? Sit and watch Netflix. Which Basically, and, what I've been doing. And Hulu and Disney and. So so let's talk about the show that we just started watching last night. Okay. Long way up. So if you guys know us, we we are uh, we are evangelists of the Long Way series, which uh, have we have we talked about on the show. We I don't think we have. I don't think we ever really not have. Like as a topic, but I think we talked about it at our, with our old podcast a decade ago. Okay. Okay. So I, I want to say, just for some background color, I want to say that you found Long Way Round. 
Yes. And I don't believe that we watched it serialized. I think we... And I think it was when I got Netflix on discs. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I, I remember being at your apartment and watching disc one, being like, so you and McGregor, the guy who from Train Spotting, is going to ride a motorcycle through yeah. Russia? Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um and I think after you showed me the very first episode, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get these. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's for me. I don't know what your. I, I'm assuming our our thought process on on these three shows is the same. It's it's something that for me is very sacred and important. Um, and it sounds really dumb for for what it is. It's it's two Brits, one super famous, one not so famous getting a bunch of free kit and, and motorcycles and filming themselves on a four-month journey driving east from London to Magadan and then catching a plane from Magadan to Anchorage and then right. Anchorage to New York City. And they're doing it all on motorcycles and they've got some support vehicles, but mostly it's just them camping and doing their thing. So it's it's two rich guys. Oh, it's one rich guy financing... Uh, Charlie's no slouch. He's got some money. He's, yeah, but but I mean, he's not. His, his he doesn't dad, have you and money. He's a famous director. He doesn't have you and money. No. If he had you and money, he get them. He get them chompers fixed. <laughs> but he's British, though. Remember, but that's very true. It's part of their thing. But that's that's essentially what it what what it is. Is it's it's yeah. a famous actor and his best friend driving around on, on a four day on a four month holiday. Basically, but, yeah. But it is at its. It's so much. Deeper, deeper than that, and, and that's why I think that we have such an appreciation for it. Is that it is more than that. You you think that that's that, but then you watch it, and you realize it's the story of two best friends and adventure and seeing the world and experiencing things about the world that you would never think and even exist. Today. And it, but it's also for me, it's an allegory of like you and I are never going to be. I mean, I hope someday we are, but. We're in our 40s. We're never going to be financially secure enough to take four months off of work, buy two motorcycles, and drive around the world. Right. We're not going to do that. But for me, it's an allegory of, like, for this podcast. Like, you have a goal, a dream, something that you want to do that's fun with a person that you care about. Aw. Uh-huh. And the only thing, and it's a line from Long Way Round. It's a throwaway line. But the only thing that's stopping us is the going of it all. Yeah. And it's it's just for me. It's, I watch that and I, I I feel energized about doing something, and it can just be you and I sitting, being being lazy schlubs on a Saturday, recording a conversation that we would have regardless, sure. and then throwing it on the internet for nobody to listen to except Dan Dan Devonay. <laughs> Welcome back, guys, if you're there. Yeah, yeah. Dan, I'm still going to get you your swag from second season's giveaway. Don't count on it. Yeah, you live a town away, and I haven't seen you for 15 years. Um, but it's, it's, it's just this adventure. It's a once in a lifetime adventure that happens three times, which I think is amazing. Yeah. But again, it's, and, ho- and hopefully this is not the last. I hope they're able to, I actually hope that, more I off. hope that it is. I hope, I hope that it just is. And in the, tr- the trilogy, I, I think, okay. I don't want to get ahead of our, ourselves okay, on this okay, one. Okay. So, so, okay, okay. so that, that show ended 2004 is when, is Before about when we found around. it. Yeah. And I think you and I watched it Every year, at least once a year, every year, you I, and I watch it. I still it. pretty much do, yeah. Yeah, me as well. Um, 
And then we got super excited because social media started becoming more of a thing in the early aughts. And we followed – at one point, our old podcast was followed by Claudio, the cameraman, yeah, that's who right. was on a motorcycle with them. Um, but we heard, we, heard, we heard tell of a second long way trip called Long Way Down that was going to be filming. And they had a website and they had a tracker where you could follow the bikes yeah. on it. And I remember you and I diligently logging into the website at least once a week to see where the boys where were. Where are they? Yeah. And so, so long way round, as as Chuck just said, started in London. They went east the long way to New York. Long way down started at the the northernmost tip of Europe, Jonah Groats in Scotland, and went south all through. Uh, uh, Europe, Europe and, then and, in, and then in Africa and then all the way down to the skeleton coast South Africa and South Africa um, and they watch the apartheid come in <laughs> that's not <laughs> terrible hey, well, yeah that's not so good um, now long way round to me is two best friends discovering how deep their friendship actually is and is a bonding experience for me long way down is two best friends experiencing a rift in their friendship, but still finding the relationship important enough to continue. Because Yes, and I think it's also... The cool thing about Long Way Down is that you can split it into chunks. So the first chunk, well, maybe five chunks. So you've got... The prep, the prep episodes, as I call them. Are you talking down or round? Down. Okay. So you got the prep episodes where they're getting ready for. There's the only trip, one in which, that one, which is the same as it typically is. Right. Right. So you get you get your offices. You're talking to your your fixers but and the. This and all one was that. different. I don't think the prep episodes were. I think it really starts to get different when you get into the first few episodes where they're on the road mm-hmm. and they're like, "We've got to get to this place." Oh, I I know what you're gonna say. But I don't think that part comes in until later when no, the reality you, sets in. You don't know. You don't know what I'm going to say. I knew okay, there was going to be a problem with this show when I saw the 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 support vehicles. When they showed the schematics for what the support vehicles are going to look like with the wrap decals, I went, oh, yeah. those are going to look awesome. And then when we saw the vehicles with the giant long way down logos, I went, this is this is a different trip. And that it, so the long way round they did two prep episodes back to back one and two are prep uh-huh. episodes because it was literally the entire logistics of doing this it was survival training it was arms training it was mm-hmm. cold weather first camping and, and so they skipped a lot of the first Talking aid stuff and- right they 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 scaled that down for the second one and they they really focused just on kitting out the bikes getting the new gear you know not packing as much stuff what they were gonna do getting Ev on a bike and that's that was Ewan's wife at the time she was going to meet up with them which my first inkling that was was my first inkling was this this is not something that should happen but it's Ewan being superstar this is Ewan at peak Ewan McGregor Star Wars fame he gets to do what he wants he's the face that's bringing the money in for BBC and why they get to do this trip Charlie has to shut his mouth and you see that rub a little bit during the prep when they're talking about well charlie you can go off this way and evan and i can have a beautiful yeah. vacation together and then we'll meet back up on the other side of this lake and charlie's like no like real right. concern he, yeah but i he, he thinks he's being serious about it and he, and he no no that's no uh-uh. 
and, and then he jokes. He's like, "What are you bringing as a, a your brother-in-law and 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 her parents and just bring them all over?" Yeah, like it was. It, there, you could definitely say that there was. You could you could tell that there was a rough patch uh, developing some some animosity in in that and. But but for me, I knew that something was going to be different about that show with the with when the, the the vehicles were done, and they were all kitted out with the long way, giant logos, and you're and like it was covering the entire every piece of real estate and, on and, it, and was even like a you and Charlie were like, we don't like this, and they're like, but guys, you approved it, and they're like, and again, I felt the same way when I saw the the mock up, I'm like, this is going to look awesome. When I saw the vehicle, yeah. I'm like, it's a giant fucking you didn't billboard. Realize it was yeah. You know, and you're traveling through these war-torn countries who are not exactly UN friendly. Yeah, right. And you're advertising that you are a massive documentarian television crew, and people are probably aware of Long Way Around because it did get a lot of global press. You know, a lot of global press. And and so you see Long Way Down, and you're like, well, where are the boys? And they even when they're in Africa, remember they stop at that cafe, and one of those the little African kids comes up and he's like. I know you. Mm-hmm. You're an actor, and he goes, "I am," and I've got bodyguards, ten of them, all around yeah. me, because there was that serious thing, thought of like, this could be the trip that something happens on. It's too out there. But then, yes, the Ev thing is really bad. But I'll let you continue because that's that's chunk one is the is the prep one is the prep, and yeah. that's where I was like, something's different. And then something took a really hard turn when you started to get into. Uh, we're up against the clock. We have to race there. We have, and so a lot of the miles that they did in that first section. Well, it was going it through was Italy just, just to get to, to get that get boat. To the, to the boat. Yeah, yeah, because it went what once a week, and so they had this window of time to get to this ferry to take them across to Africa, and if they miss it, they have to wait another week, which is going to throw everything off. It wasn't that ferry. That boat makes multiple trips. It was. They had they had to get to that ferry at a particular time because they had to get through the Sahara Desert to get to the ferry that would take them across the Nile. Oh, that's the one. one that's week the one. one that was once a week, and that so it was like we had so it was prep is chunk one, chunk two is just France through Italy. Like, look at all these great towns. We'd love to spend more than a day in there, but we've got to get to this yeah. checkpoint. And it's because they did it in three months instead of four months. They didn't allow enough time to enjoy it. And that was there was there was a scene and you can in, see how how deeply that weighs on them in the early going of that show. Yeah, there's and a whole episode like, where they have a row about it. We can't even stop. We can't even we, we can't enjoy the trip. And and you, they're they're sitting at a cafe at one point, and, and they they're looking at each other and going. We're not doing this trip to get to this place by this day. We're doing this trip to experience the culture and the landscape and to, you know, you know all of that. It's a, the, the whole point of the adventure is to soak up everything that's around you. And he says, I feel like we're just putting miles on the bike to get to a certain point. Well, there was something you know, gotta like... Get to the next checkpoint. They were, they, get to the next it point. was something like 560 miles a, in, in one day to get from, to get from Switzerland to... to to, to whatever the, the place they were staying or in, in Italy. And it was it was in Italy that it rained that day, and so they weren't going to ride, and they shut the cameras off because they all sat down, Russ yeah. and Dave and, and Claudio and, and, and Jimmy. And out. Didn't were like, want to tape it. And that's when Russ was like, if you want to add another week or two to this, that's fine. We can book the ferry 
further out, you just aren't going to get to where you want to get by that date. If you're fine with that, we can push production. And I kind of wish they would have done that. They stuck to the original schedule. Well, once they got to Africa, I think things started to calm down a little bit. Not, well, once because, it's once they got south of of Egypt because right, running through right. the desert and then it was that second ferry, the one the one across the Nile. Yeah, that was the real. The, once they passed that, then there was a bit less pressure, and they could in, actually enjoy themselves. And I think what really the the turning point, and I would say that's the turning point in chunk three going into chunk four, was when they they skipped. Because they weren't going to ride to Kenya to the reserve because it was way too hostile, and they flew. They flew there, yeah. And I think that that flight in and seeing the scope of where they were, and then getting to see the gorillas because that's I think where they that's where they yeah. flew to. That's when both you and Charlie were like, "We're we're in Africa. Like, look at the where elephants. we're at." It was the elephants. The elephants, first. yeah. And then the the gorillas were later, and that really kind yeah. of solidified, yes, we're here. We're really in it now, and we're not just chasing the clock. Yeah, and I think that's chunk three. Yeah. Because that's, that's when the show, it, it finds its heart four again. four is Ev. Four is Ev. five is post-Ev. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, Ev was, was Ewan McGregor's wife. He has, I think, two kids and a, an adopted child with her. They have four kids. Four kids. And she's French. He's British. They were... Scottish. College? Well, well right, yeah, yeah, whatever. They were college sweethearts, I think. They, they dated something in college like or something. Yeah. And he was, he they they were like a fairy tale couple. I would say, like it it just seemed like they were perfect. Like he was a superstar, and she was fine being like his. Uh, just a provincial lady, like she yeah, was. like she was fine being Ewan McGregor's wife. And and you see her in the first one with Charlie's wife Ollie. And you're you're you you get where they're like they're both talking about how it's dangerous and you know they don't want them to go but it's once lifetime trip, but Ev sort of makes that comment where she's like you know what does that do to the relationship? Some being gone for so long, yeah. And and she even says the phrase, and it's not a direct quote, but she basically says, "There's a little jealousy there. I wish I was going too." Well, at the end. That was round, right? Yeah, round. At the end of round, uh, Dave even says, "You want a little piece of?" Or no, that's down. You want a bigger piece next time? Ne- yeah. Thank God they got divorced. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds terrible, but Jesus. <laughs> so, so Ev is learning. She's never rode a motorcycle before. She's learning yeah, while she, they're she on the trip to. down how to ride a motorbike, off road, in Africa. Now, I will say that once she gets down there. It's rough because Charlie, again, doesn't have his wife because – and I think you and I agree. Ollie is the better of the two wives okay. in, in the fact of just being supportive. She's she's a very British, you know, chin up, mouth closed, don't complain, stiff upper lip. He'll be back in three months. I, I think you also get a really good perspective on that when you watch the other Charlie Borman things. Like yeah. I just I just rewatched Race to Dakar and saw how supportive she was through that as well because Dakar – is dangerous and takes the lives of some of the best motorcyclists yeah. annually. A- annually, yeah. And in fact, the the Dakar that they did in 06, I believe, a guy died there. One of their good friends. Yeah. And so, just say she, she, she's so supportive, and she knows that it's she worries about Charlie every time he goes off on an adventure. But she knows he needs this. His soul needs this, and. She's so, supportive. Okay. Yeah, She's and, like, Go and ahead. I, we'll see you at the finish line. I have to imagine I'll be there with the girls. I have to imagine that 
Charlie is equally as supportive of her with whatever her endeavors are. Obviously, we don't see that on camera. Yeah, they're just... But they just seem like a true partnership and not two people who are married. Ev and Ewan were two people who were married. Yeah. And Charlie and Ollie felt like were sure. a, a couple. And they were a partnership. And they were they were in it together. And they understood that this is something he needs to do. This is, you know, I will tend to to the real world while he is off doing this thing and then he'll be back and throw my world into upheaval. But, and I just, and it's not, it's not a, 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 a woman, a woman should support her husband argument. It's not a little lady stays home and, and takes care of the kids thing. It's, it's not a sexist thing at all. It's truly just somebody understanding their partner in a way that like he needs to do this. And I, and I think that if – I mean if the roles reversed, if Ollie needed to go on a motorcycle trip, Charlie would be sure. supportive as well. And he'd be waiting for it at the finish line. Whereas I think that if if Ev was like, I'm going to go make a, a, a Star Wars movie now. I'm going to go make French <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. Ewan would be like, well, can you get me a part Star in it? Wars? <laughs> like I just I just feel like you Ewan and, and Ev were not partners. And yeah. I know that and, sounds terrible. And then the funny thing is that even in just the small clips that you see, like in the grand scheme of, of all of those shows and everything, you just see a little bit. But you, you can tell there's a completely different dynamic. He treats her like porcelain. Like he he has her on this like, oh, Ev, you fell down. Sorry, let me stop, little girl, and pick your bike up for you. Like, like well, I mean. I mean, it's chivalrous, yes. And yes, you want to take care of your wife. And you, you feel bad when somebody falls and hurts themselves. But there's this thing of like, it was... It was just he was constantly in a position where he felt like he needed to take care of her and and not let wow. her learn from. I don't falling. even mind that part, like like because, like you just pointed out, she had to learn how to ride a bike from from stage one. Well, that's why they never should let her do it. Then she's off road in Africa, you know. So I probably would be treating her with some kid gloves too. But I, I think it's deeper than that. I think it's just the fact that you know this is something that. It, it's him and Charlie. It's their thing. Yeah. And, and she, she had wedged, to horn in on it. She wedged her way in. I will tell you, her redeeming quality, though, is Charlie was right. She was fantastic with the kids. 100%. Like and she did really good on the bike, too. Let's be real. Like, for, for, she did really well. She had, what, two and a half months at that point? Uh, no, maybe even a month and a half of riding. Yeah. It was a very short period of time. I mean, she was falling down on the learner's permit bike, and I think that was a trike. A trike scooter. <laughs> I think right. it was I think it was a Honda Civic that she was in, and she still it tipped a, it, it over. It was a Goldwing trike. That's what my dad has. He has a Goldwing trike. Yeah, they triked it. No way. Yeah, I'm like you got a three wheeled Honda Civic. Nice. Same engine. I love it. Um, but so, anyways, you really see the 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 fracture in Ewan and Charlie in the second one because not only does Ev come down, they fly his mom down. Right. Nobody brings Charlie's dad or Charlie's mom or Charlie's wife or Charlie's kids to the elephant sanctuary. It's not. It's an afterthought. It's mm-hmm. it's Ewan. It's all about Ewan. This is and Ewan's you show. They did that with his dad when they got to New York. They flew Ewan's dad in. Yeah, and surprised him with his dad. So now, you surprised surprised him with his dad in the first one. Surprised him with his mom in the second one. You got his wife along for the trip. His brother was there at the very beginning doing the the flyover with the RAF. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, was pretty cool. It it was cool, cool, but it's just like you get the sense that this is Ewan's trip and Charlie's tagging along, He's along and for it's the ride. Yeah. And it's not. It's when when you get a real perspective of all of the badassery that is Charlie Borman. Like so they do long way round. 
he makes an off-the-cuff comment at a press release that he's going to do Dakar and then gets called out on it, had no intention of doing it, gets called out on it and just very Brit-like says, fuck it, let's do it. I said I was going to do it. I'm a man of my word. Does it, breaks breaks both his hands in a fall and continues the that that entire uh, section. Yeah. Until he gets to the to the stop, gets x-rayed, finds out he has he has fractures in all of his hands, bandages him up and all then of his hands? all 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 both of his hands. <laughs> all two of his hands. Gets him bandaged up and then is is then part of the support team story yeah. for Simon and Matt, who are the other two riders with him. Which was so much worse for Charlie because Charlie is naturally a worrier. So when you have these guys out in the desert riding on the dunes and as dangerous as Dakar is, he's back there at the at the support. And Matt didn't even make it. Remember when Matt broke down and gave up? Yeah, stuck in the desert for like two days with no food and water. Yeah, and then and then the the support BMW broke down in the desert too, and they had to go get the the wishbone. They had to have it specially flown in to the state to the last stage, and then driven out. That was early on. Then the axle broke later. Yeah, like but he's just sitting there with with you know in the uh, the bivouacs, and he's he's on the sat phone and he's calling in and just worried out of his mind. Poor guy. He's he's just like a very very neurotic when it comes to his friends. But you see like how badass he is. Like that's. That's the first oh, inkling where you're like, I mean, you kind of see it in long way round during the prep episodes because Ewan's, excuse me, Ewan is like, uh, Charlie's got a lot more off-road experience than I do. And you see him in, uh, in the terrain and in, in the, the well, in the, in, in, in the pissy valley because it's always pissing with <laughs> rain. Um, you know, you see him doing all this great stuff and Ewan's constantly dropping the bike and falling and stuff. And, and even on the, the road, Ewan falls more than, than Charlie just because Charlie's more experienced. But you get a sense for... Charlie's a better rider and is better capable of doing yeah. this. Well, he's been doing it a whole lot longer too. Yeah. And then, but Dakar really puts it over. Then Long Way Down comes, and you you feel bad for Charlie because he's second fiddle, even though he's technically the talent in what they're doing. Right. And you and star quality is what takes over. Chunk five, they ditch Ev. They they fly her down to the coast. They they get Ollie and the kids down, and they ride in. To the skeleton coast, and they end the show, and it's fantastic. Town, yeah. Charlie does the the end end voiceovers, and 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 all is right with the world. And then the this t- is two thousand seven. Oh seven, yeah. And then they disappear because we don't get BBC two and BBC one, so it's it's hard for us to without social media to follow what you and Charlie are doing. But Charlie continues his badassery by putting. Two him and Russ put together two uh, essentially long way trips called By yeah. Any Means, and it's Charlie goes from Ireland where his dad and his parents from and where he grew up, all the way to Singapore by any means of travel, native to that country without repeating or taking a commercial flight, except once they had to the one time. Right, they were they were pushed into. Dude rides a fucking elephant. He rides a giant bar. Rickshaw. What the, the that little Dunkirk boat that he crosses the English Channel in that he'd never yeah. been in before? Yeah, did and he do a paddle boat at, at one point too? He probably, I don't know. He did like over a hundred different. That's when I have to do a rewatch on. It's on Amazon Prime, right? And then, and so I I watch that. I, I find that on the interwebs, and I'm like, dude, this is amazing. Like it's just Charlie, yeah, but you, oh my god, you introduced that one to me, and I think that would have been like oh eight. Oh nine, he does by any means to Sydney to Tokyo, up the 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 Pacific Rim, 
same same thing. Wines are going through New Guinea, uh, where places where people had never traveled before. Dug out canoes and stuff. So it goes to the the archipelago or whatever that's that's in there, and and I, I just absolutely phenomenally amazing. Again, just him and Russ, just straight up adventure. And he has like in the in the first one, he literally just has an old leather suitcase that has CB on it, and by any means, like yeah. that's all he packed was one carry on suitcase. It looked like. A 1960s suitcase. That was it. Looks like a Jimmy Stewart suitcase from uh, yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, like he needed an umbrella and a top hat, not a minute. <laughs> and then, what does Charlie do? He goes on Famous and Fearless in Britain and competes on a game show about doing stupid stunt bullshit, like riding mini bikes. That at, I didn't know. At 100 miles an hour, like yeah, and he and I don't know if he won or came in second, but yeah, he did that. Nice. Then he had a whole he had a whole other show, three more shows called um, Extreme Frontiers. Extreme Frontiers, yeah. He did that. I have not seen. He did. It's there. I think they're all four episodes. The one, the first one. I think these are all on Amazon Prime too. The first one is Canada. He starts over in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, uh, with Russ, and they're in a boat next to an iceberg, chipping a piece off so they could bring it on the boat, and then they drink uh, scotch and soda with iceberg, with iceberg ice. ice. <laughs> but he goes That's amazing. it's it's this cool little trip across Canada the entire the entire provinces of Canada and then ends up in in British Columbia with Ollie and the girls. And, and there again that's what I love about Charlie is that it's always about getting to his there. family. All, Ollie and his girls are always there at the end waiting for him. Um and then there's by any means USA, which is essentially Canada. It's the same basic thing. But then by or not by any means, sorry, Extreme Frontiers. Extreme Frontier South Africa was really cool because it was literally just South Africa riding that the the coast and like up up and down, but like it sorry. It it was it was absolutely fantastic. I've only seen it once. Ewan decides to get back on the train back in two thousand and fourteen or fifteen. By doing a, a two-part documentary series called Cold Cold Chain, yeah, uh, Cold Chain. Cosmo P. Cold Chain. No, Cold 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 Chain. Something. It's it's about these remote villages in Africa that can only get medication like malaria vaccinations oh, right. and stuff, and they with and, the motorcycle with the motorcycles, and which they touch on in Long Way Down a little briefly. bit, yeah. And so he did a two-part where he, like, followed them, but it was not like Charlie. Like, you could tell that he was just, I'm sponsoring More it, doing the voiceover. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, But, like, you just get this appreciation for Charlie and how badass he is. And But then the two of them, like, we we talked about after 2007, like, there's going to be a third one. They they announced that they wanted to do a third one. They're waiting for schedules to, to come together. It's been, what, 12 years? 12 years. But we've followed this so closely, and especially with the rise of social media, there's we we're able to connect with people who are anticipating this third journey as vociferously as we do and so we're we're hearing all of the rumors about um you know they're going to call this one long way to go or they're going to call it you know whatever like all of those different rumors they're going to finally use those um what were the bikes? The KTMs, I think. Oh, were yeah. the ones that Charlie wanted to use before yeah. they got on the Beamers and He did get to use them in Dakar. No, he's a Beamer. No, they were KTMs. Beamer no, they were they were KTMs. Bet me and lose. It's it's Beamer. They were they were KTMs. The Beamer was the was the support, support vehicle. Support vehicle was an X5, but they still had Beamer rally bikes. 
We're right. going to do something that we rarely do on Film Burrito. Chuck is going to look something up because he, he thinks he knows. Uh, All right, so you get to, you get to do some fill in uh, while I while I read this. Sounds good. All right, so so here's where we're at. we did we did uh, long way round. Shit, BMW F six fifty RR rally bikes. God bless it. I thought that were KTM's. My so, bad. So anyway, so that was what we were we were following all of the rumors of what they were going to ride, where they were going to go, what it was going to be called, when it was going to air. And it never came to fruition. Nothing ever happened until when was it, when did you email me or uh, text me rather? You texted me. I texted maybe you a year ago. Yeah, maybe with because that was when they were filming it. Yeah, and, and it so was there was a it was a, a, a like motorcycle magazine. I think was the one who published it. Yeah, yeah. And they were, said they were, the boys had been spotted in South America on these Harley bikes. They didn't say what the bikes were at the time. And I just figured Harleys, I'm like, well, they're just, they're in Rio de Janeiro. Right. They're, they're probably on cruisers. They're not doing the whole uh, adventure bike thing. They're, they're probably just, you know, enjoying their, you know, their 50s and just chilling out God, on are these they, bikes. Are they in their 50s? Yeah. Ewan is 48 and Charlie is 52 as of the, the filming last year. So they're probably, what would that be? 49 and 53? Or 49 and 53? Yeah. yeah. So that's where the birthdays are. Yeah, I know. I'm just giving you shit for being it one year later. Don't give me shit, you bastard. He does. He's been crying himself to see so whether yeah, he you got these guys his. 12 years later, lots more gray, lots more wrinkles, but they're doing this trip, and the trip is now. So they're, it's a long way up. So they're doing the, the southernmost tip of uh, South America. And going north to LA on Harley electric bikes that are so gorgeous, dude. They are. They are a sexy bike. The thing I did not realize that the the one that the, the 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 one Harley electric bike is the only one that Harley has. Only one. 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 The two off-road bikes did not exist prior to this show and yes. them ordering them. Custom made bikes. And not custom in terms of they exist as a stock bike and we kitted them out. They didn't exist. They built them from the frame out for this show. For the show. Then we get to Russ and Dave talking about the support vehicles yep. and them going, we want to do electric as well. How do we do this? How do we do this? And they have number one and number two, the only two legal, was it, is it Rivian? Rivian, yeah. Rivian? The only two vehicles that that company has made. And they, again, did not exist. They had they had a truck, but they did not have an off-road capable vehicle. They yeah. had to design it in eight months, nine months they had from the beginning of the prep show when they had the first meeting till current. Yeah. Yeah. Like... And those vehicles are gorgeous. I love the front lights on them. Beautiful. The LEDs like that. And and the back. You see the, the, yeah. the brake light is and I, all across. I love the giant screens. I'm, I'm not a fan of all the buttons and switches. I think they oh, can... Oh, I kind of dig that too. I mean, it's very like 1960s car of tomorrow. Like, it's yeah, it's that... But I, I would it's like to see... Spaceship. I'd like to see... Uh, I don't like the, the horns on the knee. Like, well, that's so you don't have to take your hand off the wheel. I know, but I just think it's weird. <laughs> they're like was that me who was that is that oh yeah the horns by your knee that's fucked up it's kind of cool but talk to, uh, to me a little bit about 
how we see Charlie in the first episode. Oh, man. So, yeah, one of the very first things you see, you, you hear Ewan come in. For, first of all, let's go back. So the first two were on BBC. And then they, you know, they get the, the distribution and we see them through Netflix and whatever. I think Spike had Long Spike, Way Down, right, maybe. Spike or, or whatever it was at the time. Uh, Bloomberg TV. <laughs> I think C-SPAN might have aired it. I think it might have been um, TNN, the National Network. Uh, it was on Oxygen. It was on WN. It was on Oprah Network. It was on We. All right, enough, enough shenanigans. Because it was a wee bitty show. So, so the, the, that was the first two series. This one is an exclusive to Apple TV Plus. Yes, which is beautiful because right now a lot of people have Apple TV Plus due to the free trials that they're giving out to everybody and COVID. So. so so yeah, Apple TV Plus has exclusive rights, and uh, and Long Way Down and Long Way Around are now on uh, Apple TV Plus. So that that's good. We can go back and do our rewatches and stuff like that. So I can finally watch about, them in HD. Yeah, right. <laughs> and not think, the rips that we get. I think the shitty copy I have is like 480. <laughs> it's so bad, dude. It looks like it looks like Super Mario Brothers. It's yeah. just it's eight bit. It's pixelated. But anyway, so uh, Apple TV Plus. And uh, Amazon Originals are two who don't just drop a full season. They might give you a few episodes, but then each one after that is episodic. And you'll have to tune in every Friday or whatever. Um, Which I, I, I honestly say I miss. I, I do too. I, 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 I'm enjoying that anticipation. And, you know, let's talk about what we've seen so far. And then where are they going to go next, next time? Yeah. Right. So I kind of dig that. Uh, so... What they did was they dropped the first three episodes uh, of the show, and so we have to wait until next Friday to get uh, episode number four. But what was I supposed to talk about? <laughs> Charlie. Oh, Charlie. Yeah, so the first thing that you see when the show opens is Ewan doing a voiceover, and he talks about, uh, so we did Long Way Round, we did Long Way Down, Charlie and I kind of lost touch, life got in the way, etc., etc. Um, but we wanted to do this trip. And then he starts to talk about what really ultimately brings them back together and rekindles their friendship and, and things like that. Charlie gets in this huge accident. And Chuck mentioned earlier about Charlie Borman's badassery. And, and just in the, the these few clips that they show, it, it really kind of is a testament to his badassery. This cat will do, he just puts his body through hell. But as soon as he's rehabbed, he's right back on the bike and ready to go again. And he had two major accidents. The one that brought two. their friendship back together, he broke his pelvis and both his legs in Australia or South Africa riding. He took a major spill. Oh, I can't remember. In some country that wasn't the U.S. Some far off place. Like, some, like he is Some third world place like Australia. Um, yeah, like he, he was on a bike and he dumped it and he broke his pelvis and both his legs and they show the pins and screws inserted in his leg. Yeah, he's got the halo around the leg. Yeah. And And you're like, oh my God, this guy, like, and you can see the mileage on this man's face and body. Like you can tell that he has just been through the muck. He's seen some shit. Yeah. (laughs) And then like you get halfway through the prep episode and he's like, and then Ewan goes, yeah, by the way, just, you know, as we were doing this, Charlie had another major accident. And then you see the, him going through the rehab for this again. He, look, I thought he had permanent brain damage. I thought he was, I thought he was dead. I, I was like, he's never going to fucking walk again. His entire shoulder from the front all the way over his shoulder to his back was just 
purple. I thought he had a Wakanda tattoo. <laughs> You're right. It was oh, just horror. And his face, you could see in his face, he, he was out Like, of I'm not trying to be funny. I, I seriously thought that he had a stroke. He his, looked horrible. His face was that fucked up to where one side was drooping so bad. And if, I don't know if it was pain related or that he had massive concussions. He had swelling in his swelling brain. brain. They, they, they thought that they were going to have to drill a hole in his skull to relieve the pressure on his brain. Jesus, I mean, and then and they, this is in the so this is this so, is in the development program. Like this is oh, right. They've already plotted the route for the most part, and then he almost dies. <laughs> remember in the last episode, or remember in the first episode when our biggest fear was Ewan had LASIK eye surgery, yeah. and whether he'd be able That's, to go on the trip yeah. or not. What if something goes wrong when they lift up his cornea? Remember in the second one when Ewan got into an accident and broke his leg? Oh, yeah. During the prep thing, and they're like, maybe this is the entire thing. Hey, remember in the third one when Charlie almost died twice? <laughs> hey, re- remember when the... And don't forget that this cat's 50. Yeah. He's 50. He has a, a, a huge, serious accident that completely throttles his entire body. In, inside and out. like he, So he's got all of the contusions and abrasions on the external of his body. He's got swelling on his brain. They might have to drill a hole in his skull. He's got you know internal bleeding, his, his bruised organs, all of this stuff. And he's like, I just want to get back on the bike, man. I want well, to get that's, back on the bike. That's the weird thing is that they, they say in the very beginning of the show that their, that their prep time is nine months. Because yeah. they want to leave at September 21st, 2019 or whatever, because they want to ride into L.A. to celebrate Christmas with their families. Yeah. That's the goal. So it's essentially January in in England when they start this, right? So yes. Charlie has this accident and completely re- recovers at some in some amount of time less than nine months. Yeah. Like, and it's not like, oh, well, you know, if it's eight months, he has eight months to recover. No, 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 no. Motherfucker still participates in all of the design and product, everything, everything. and test drives the Harleys, which means it's at least three months of solid prep time before they leave that Charlie's involved. And it's not day one when they're putting this trip together. So in all fairness, it's like a four-month, maybe five-month window that he has the accident and completely recovers. Completely recovers. And, and just seeing him, seeing the shape that he was in, the state that he was in, it's a miracle. It's a, first of all, it's a miracle that he, he survived the accident just by the looks of him. But then to recover so quickly. Now, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. When you see him, what was that? I don't know. Oh, it was my iPad. Oh, we got a ringy dingy over there. Oh, uh, it's a live wire insurance notice. Oh, cool. From our, our Gmail account. Sweet. What? What? Anyways, yes. Don't know what any of that means. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, where was I? Talking about Charlie? Yes. Oh yeah. So to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. We see him getting on his bike, and he is obviously and and vividly. Uh, in a bit of pain as he's, you know, swinging his leg over to get on the bike and stuff like that. So you, and he needs a ladder walks, to get on the bike. <laughs> and even, even when he's walking, you can see that he kind of favors the one leg a little bit. So he, he's feeling the injuries, but it doesn't matter. He's still on that bike. What, you know, twelve hours at a stretch or whatever. Yeah. I know. Even even my dog is it, like he, Charlie. He can't believe it either. What do you want, bud? Yeah, fuck him. So, 
I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say he's the new Chuck Norris. I, I think so too. I mean, he's, he is an underappreciated, uh, real life action star. Basically. Charlie Borman can add a fifth vehicle to an OWB policy. <laughs> That's some that's, real inside go. baseball. Yeah, really that's only for one of the dance. And and you know what? That's also an old reference. So it's it's not only inside baseball, but it's also a throwback. It's it's dated. Yeah, a little hard. So talk about when when I sent you, uh, or did you say who who sent the trailer first? I think I sent you, you the, sent me the, the trailer, eighteen second trailer. You sent you well. You told me about it, and I don't remember if you sent it. To, no, yeah. No, I don't know that you sent me the trailer. You told me about it because I remember. Fuck, I don't know. I think you were at work, and I was like, you've got to take two minutes and 18 seconds and watch this thing. Because this was the first time that they had put together any footage yeah. from the show. Because we knew it was coming out. But I didn't. We knew the release date. We knew all of that stuff. What we didn't know, though, is uh, we, we didn't have the, the images yet. We didn't have... We, there was there for I, I I made a comment to you after I, I remember I watched the entire trailer at home on Apple TV on my TV itself because I'm like I want to see this big I think you sent it to me but I didn't watch it because I was busy at work but I, I watched it here and I I think I immediately texted or talked to you and was like I'm nervous not about the show but there are certain things that I need in this show. The continuity, yes, and and it was I need I need the the voiceover intro and in, with the map giving the the red line all the countries that they're going through, uh-huh. back and forth between Charlie. I need Dave to be in there being like you know, and the support vehicles will travel around with them, but on <laughs> but the bikes are <laughs> on their own. The boys will be on their own exactly. I need the the logos the the the, the yellow arrows. Yep. Um, and I stereophonics need, theme song. Yeah, I need the stereophonics theme song. Those are those are my must-haves because I'm always afraid. I don't know that. I don't know. I would. I, this is definitely a sequel, but there's enough time to where you could make an argument that it's also a reboot, if it were a television show. And if they would have done some of the things that you were afraid they the, were going to and, do. Well, that was the thing is I didn't know if because Apple was producing it. If it was going to be completely different in their own thing, that's what or, I was afraid of too. I'll be honest with you. Everything that you said, everything that you were afraid of, I had the same fears. Because and, is it going to be a different show? Yeah, you know, they call it the long way up. It's the same boys. They're bringing back Claudio and Jimmy and Dave and Russ and the whole crew. Ooh, but is it going to be the same show? Is it going to have the same feel, the same vibe, the same? You know, will we have that? nostalgic feeling that we have every time we watch the first two series. Yeah. And I was afraid of that myself. Now there, there is precedent for changes in the, in the, the minutia of, of things and it's still being good. I E the star Wars anthology, rogue one, no opening crawl, no John Williams score, Still a great movie, but it was immediately noticeable that this was a different, familiar thing and not a continuation of the thing you love. Sure. And that was my fear of it being good, but it... Not fitting into the but But being like, I, I watch Long Way Round, Long Way Down annually, back to back, and Me I too. would watch Up 
Maybe because it's part of it, but I don't need to. I would like my fear was I would put Long Way up with Dakar and by any means where I, I watch them, but not it doesn't give me the feels. Right, and that was my fear. Same and here. and exactly. so on Friday, which was yesterday, yeah, you <laughs> binged all three of them. I did so while so, I was at work. <laughs> I got up. At th- I was telling Chuck this yesterday. I got up at three o'clock in the morning for my nightly piss. It's just it's what I do, and. And I, uh, I pulled my phone out to adjust my alarm because I'm like, I'm up at 3 o'clock. I'm not waking up at 5.30. I'll wake up at 6.30. I'm going to give myself an extra hour. But I pull my phone up, and I see a notification that says Long Way Up is available on Apple TV. So I pull it up, and I start watching episode one. I get two minutes in, maybe. I see the, I see the, the opening title sequence. I see uh, Ewan's intro, and I'm like, Oh man, am I gonna binge all three episodes right now at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning? And and my uh, my my maturity and my good cool, decision cooler making heads prevailed. Cooler heads de- definitely prevailed. And I said, no, I will I will put this off and watch it later. So I, I went back to sleep, but I did get up at six o'clock and uh, and watch all three episodes back to back. So you watched essentially three hours till nine o'clock. Now I get up at five thirty six o'clock every every day. I didn't get that notification. Forgot that it was coming out that day. I get to work. It's eight thirty-two. Maybe I started at eight thirty. It's eight thirty-two. Yeah. You text me. Long way up is out, and I. What's my What's my text to you immediately? Is the Is the song there? Is the song there? And to your response is, well. <laughs> you know, it was I don't know. LOL. And I'm like, you yeah, motherfucker. You have to tune in. Thank God I had my AirPods with me. I popped those sons of bitches on, went to Apple TV on my phone, started episode one, turned my phone upside down as to not get caught. Yeah. And immediately, and I'm not ashamed of me to, to say this, immediately had a little bit of, of tearing up. It now, was that important to me to hear those opening well, chords of stereophonics. Or, or was it you and doing the voice? It was over? it was well, first I, I didn't turn it directly over. I, I sort of under my under my laptop stand, stand like I saw the intro. The, the, the I would say the first forty five seconds I, I saw, and everything that I needed was in there in that forty five seconds yeah. before I turned it over. But it was the Indiana Jones map. It was the, the map. Arrow. It was it was all of my concerns were alleviated in forty five seconds, and I just I I just felt this relief that it was familiar and not, or that it was a continuation and not just. A, a facsimile of something familiar. Right. It wasn't a shell of what it could be, and that it, it was had, truly the third installment. The third installment. In yeah, and and it was my boy Ewan, and it was he was talking about Charlie, and it was talking about the trip, and it and it and then Kelly Jones the the so the song is the song is a Kelly Jones song who is the singer for Stereophonics. It's not Stereophonics, right? But at any rate. The opening chords, because you had said, "Well, how are they going to get yeah. the the rhyme scheme in there?" All the way round, they rhyme, so, so you, you can, can interchange them. Yeah. But I like the addition of the new lyric. That new lyric, going to tear yeah. it up. I'll meet you the long way up. Yeah, even though it's a double use of up, I I didn't care. It works. It, it works. It works. And and I I got a little misty eyed, and I got real nostalgic, and I got real pissed that I had nine hours of work left. <laughs> And I thought about just saying fuck it and putting my phone on the stand and just being like, this is what I'm watching today. I don't care. 
Yeah. But I didn't. I waited until – well, I was going to wait till I got home. You and I met for dinner with, with my sister and her husband and my brother-in-law who were the same person uh, right. out where I work in Streetsboro. And then I had a really nice cigar, so I took the long way home heading east. There you go. I went, I went 303 all the way into 88 and then up into Park, uh, Parkman mm-hmm. and then all the way down to so 528. And so it was – You were probably behind me the entire way home. I was, I was about 10 minutes behind you from when I left. Um, but I didn't get home until 8 o'clock at night and then I was so pissed because halfway home I remembered that long way up was out again. <laughs> and I was like, why did I take the goddamn freeway? I would have been home Should've 20 minutes ago. Route. So, um, yeah, kick him down. He's being bad. Um, and so I started it at, at eight o'clock essentially and watched all three, bam, bam, bam. And just so good. right? I'm so excited. I'm, I am Jesse Spano, man. I, right. I'm so excited. Where are caffeine pills at? I really think that they made a mistake with the electric bikes. I do too. Although I do, I do like the fact that that kind of adds a bit more drama to it because there, there aren't, you don't have the petrol stations everywhere. Even in Africa, you can go to this little broke down station. Where Remember they when do the electricity, the by hand yeah, the electricity it. was out and they had to fucking pump the fucker by hand. Exactly. And then you pour it into this like cut out two liter bottle. Like you got to cut the bottom out and put that into your tank. And th- so you have, there's, there's that similar feeling of adventure with that. It's like, are we going to make it to the next charging station? Is it going to work? And they're like, <laughs> come on, you get over there. And they have to figure uh, out. Hold on. I'm going to discipline him. Do you want to go to bed? That's right. I'm yelling. He knows what's up. Lay down. Yes. Be a good boy. Thank you. Good boy. You're a pretty boy. You're the best boy. So, and, and, the, and then they're driving through our, the, you know. Big dick boys. Southern tip of Argentina. And it's snowing, and, and they realize it's like, oh, you know, batteries, they don't really hold a charge when it's cold and, and all this. What a, what, a, what a dumb thing that I didn't think about either when they were charging them, and I'm like, it's cold. Yeah. Extreme cold. This is not going to work. I didn't even think about that. Right? And then how about this one where they were uh, – the, the, so they're talking about the different voltages, and they've got – you know, you've got the big charger that you plug directly in, and that's going to come out of a – uh, like a, a quick charge quick, port. Quick charge That was station. stage two. There was stage one. Stage, stage one is when you plug it in from a wall outlet. Yeah. And it takes like nine about, hours. Yeah. And, it, but you're going to need that sometimes. And so Harley was saying, we kind of bypassed the stage one ports. <laughs> like, Oh, nice to know now. And yeah. didn't they have to, they waited three retrofit days? them in South America. Yeah. They so came Harley up with a design. Retrofit it to, to handle stage one the wall outlet plugins. It's just like, so that, I mean, that's cool because it adds that, that different level of, of drama where, you know, on long way, uh, rounded down, you had these different things like, Hey, we're out in the desert. Where's the next petrol station? Or we're on the road of bones and we don't know if we're going to be able to do these river crossings, what have you. So you've got the, it's a, it's a, just a different level of adventure. And they did, they did go up the, the west coast of South America and install some here and there. But when you add in those extra factors, like, oh, it's a little bit cold. So it might say we have a 100 miles range. Might but really we only have 85. Or be 30. It might, yeah. We're going to be lucky to get 20. So you've got all of that figured in. And it just makes it, it, makes it fun. And I think that's the cool thing about travel like that is that there's so much unknown. And it's not just about getting to the next destination. It's, you know, 
how are we going to get there if something happens or and then and then relying on other people remember that whole, the yeah. whole thing where they were in that the hotel. crazy hotel with that that, that dude floppy hat <laughs> floppy hat guy Un- uncircumcised guy <laughs> The thing that the thing that scared me about like when they said oh, the, when Riviana or whatever said that they were going to install these these quick charge ports, I was like, how fuck how awesome is that first that they're, yeah. that they're doing that? Um, but how much is that going to be? So they kept saying like um, you, with a regular standard issue motorcycle when they first started looking into them, seventy miles was the max that they were getting out of the battery, and I'm like, if it's seventy, if the, if they're going to do seventy miles and then have to wait six hours to charge to do another seventy miles. They're doing 140 miles a day. This is going to take forever. forever. Yeah. And then when Harley came out and said you can get like 100 plus miles out of it, I'm like, oh, that's I guess a little, a little bit better. better. But it just seems like – or it seemed like it was going to wind up being we just have to get to these charging stations. And it was yeah. going to ruin the trip. Like but the first section of Long Way Down. But it, it, was it doesn't feel like that. The clock. No, it doesn't. Even when even when Ewan's like, I got 1%, I'm dead. And then he just holds yeah. onto the truck to drive him down. And to then get it, to the ferry. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Um, I thought that was a really cool part. I, I, it's real, you know. That, I, it's, I do really. That happens. I, I, I got to be honest. As much as I love the Harleys and, and I like the idea of them being able to talk and when they're like, yeah, the bike handles differently because you don't have the engine in there and it's quieter and stuff. I know what you're going to say. I, I want them to be on the BMWs. Because? Because I want them to be able to not have to worry about charging stations. I want them to be able to go like one of my favorite things in long way one, some direction in long way, one direction yeah, one of them. Um, is when they just go, Hey, this Valley, like let's just go down through the Valley. And then they get stuck in all that bog and, and they like, they constantly keep dropping the bike and, and they're like walking it through and, and it was all rainy and yeah. they kept saying, they were like, we're not going to camp here because the rain clouds are coming. I think it was in Mongolia. And then they got to the top and they crested and it was dry and they camped there. But it was just that like we went on an adventure and we fucked ourselves. Or in the in the other one where they when they were like they say that it's the equivalent of the Grand Canyon but in Africa or whatever. Yeah. And they drove down and, and then they're like, like we're yeah, never gonna do that again. Sometimes that going terrible. down is terrible because you have to fucking go back up. Yeah. I've made a terrible mistake. But, like, I like the idea of them just being able to, on a whim, say, I want to go. Like, imagine them. If I may, though, I think they're going to be doing more of that. Here's why. Do you remember one of the first things? And they kind of glossed over this. I I think they glossed over it because they didn't want to really highlight the fact that the technology isn't quite there yet. But what they were going to do, there's a big solar panel on the support truck. Which I think is really funny that they have to run the diesel generator to, that's why. to charge there. Because the solar panel, the tech's not really there yet. I yeah. mean, it's there, but it, it's not going to do it as a fit. It would it would take an entire day to charge the bikes off of the solar, solar charger. It's just not there yet. So they had to get this big-ass diesel generator to do the trick, to get them back on the road. So now that they have that and that's available to them, I, I think that you'll see them getting a bit more adventurous with where they go and stuff like that. I really hope so. I, I mean, so, okay, so back to what I was saying. Like, remember in Long Way Round when they're on their way to Ulaanbaatar? Long Way? Long, wrong way round? Long <laughs> Way Round when they're on their way to Ulaanbaatar. And the bridge is out over the river and they have to go all the way around the lake. Yeah. Added like an entire day to their trip. To go essentially 50 miles? Yes. What if that happens 
and they have to go around something and there's no charging station because they weren't able – because something got washed out. Right. Or some guerrilla faction decided to to take over a small portion of Bolivia or Colombia and they're not able to – and they have sure. to circumvent around. Like they're fucked. They're in the middle of the jungle. Like that's – I don't like the unreliability of electric and the, the fact that they only have – 100 miles at best or 120 miles at best i i kind of get nervous about that in, in a charlie norman kind of way how much more do you get out of a, a tank of petrol on a, a standard bike though they were doing it's not they were but but because because if it's not a hell of a lot i mean i know i know around the lake there was no there was one petrol station that they went to around the lake in that small village in mongolia but like there's Which more, I believe they had to do by hand at that one too, or the hand crank thing. They might have, yeah. But at least that you know that there's probably a petrol station. You know there is not a charging You're not station. Have a charging station, exactly. And the but thing is, with a with a combustible engine like that, they're getting 200 to 300 miles on on flat road out of a out of a combustion engine, where they're getting 100 to 120 miles flat road oh, out flat of an electric. Road, yeah. They're getting 100 to 150 in a combustible engine off-roading where they're getting 30 or 40 miles. Combustion. It's combustible too, but yeah, <laughs> that's not the ideal. At any rate, you know what I'm saying. I know. Like, I'm just busting your balls. Like it just, you know, and even Ewan says, or Charlie, one of them says like, if you stay on the bike and you're full boring it out, you're draining your battery. You've got to find that yeah. sweet spot, much like a much like an engine where you can't just – Floor it and coast, floor it and coast, floor it and coast, because it burns more. You have to find a consistency yeah, to save fast, on your... Yeah, not too slow. But I, I just... A part of me really wants them to get to a certain point, and then BMW just flies them in to, <laughs> yeah. to GSX 30, 35s or whatever with full kit. Or just Ollie ships them both their bikes from long way down. The old bike, yeah, with the with the, the Zebra and the, the Cheetah Stripe. Actually, the first ones. The super heavy fucks. It was the same bike though, wasn't it? For no, both? no, they got new ones because they were a lot lighter. Same style. Same style, oh. yeah, but yeah. they were different different bikes. I will tell you this in the in the prep episode. I don't know if you felt this twinge of nervousness or not, but as they were glossing over the the two bikes that Charlie and Ewan were going to take with them, and they were looking at like the frame and the engine, and they were kind of taking them apart, and I saw the red spring. Uh, the the suspension spring. Yeah, I got super fucking nervous because that was the issue. Remember, they kept oh, collapsing the springs, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, you can't even get your fingers in there." And they only had so many on the support vehicle, which was like two hundred miles north. Isn't that what happened to Claudio's bike, where they had to get they had to get the, 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 the red bike? devil? <laughs> well, no, and then he was just zipping around because it, wasn't it was so heavy. light. I don't know if that was the spring or if that was the cracked frame. Oh, that's right. I think it was the frame. But that's the other thing that scared me too on these on these Harley bikes is I'm thinking like, okay, these are prototype bikes. Did they at least look at, did the engineers look at the BMWs they were on before and build something comparable to? Because if these guys are trekking through the Andes, which is essentially they're following the Andes all the way up, right? Yeah. Like if they're trekking through the Andes off-road, is this bike going to support that? Because the weight differential is so different with them not having an engine and just being lithium-ion battery packs in there, like, is is it going to have enough sway in the metal to be able to take the off-roading, or is it going to crack the frames at the welds again? Yeah. And the boys never That's addressed that. Or, or at least we didn't see it. Well, yeah, we, we didn't see it. Edited in such a way that we... But, we but you would that, think that, sure that fans of the that. show are like... I mean, again, I don't know if you if you felt that twinge, but as soon as I saw that red spring, I was like... 
It's it's like when it's like what's the what's the movie trope where like if a gun shows up in the first act, it's guaranteed to go off in the third. It's got to go off in the third. Yeah. Like I see the spring in the, in episode one, and I'm like, fuck, what what's gonna happen to the spring? Schrodinger's gun. No. <laughs> but um, I'm 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 excited. I think the electric thing is a cool idea. I miss the BMWs a lot. I, I because do they're Simple. such a cool bike, and it and it's iconic for this series. I miss the big bulky panniers on oh, the yeah. side. I just that's the only piece of of nostalgia that I'm not getting from it is the bikes. Like and to uh, what I thought you were going to say earlier is is when they're on the bikes talking to each other, one of the things from the original two series is is you can hear the bikes through the comms. Yeah. And because they're on electric bikes and you can't hear the bike them talking to each other is basically just like us. Like, yeah. it's very, very clear. There's no background noise. Not I, even the wind, man. Do they have a comm, or do they just have? Are they just miked for themselves? I, I, know, I didn't really it's get comms. Yeah, it is comm still. Well, it's, it's both. I mean, they got they okay. got to be miked. I like neither of them know how to use the stat phone. They've that been was on. Funny. They've been on. Two, they've had stat uh, sat phones before. And that's the funny thing is, I just I just rewatched by any or uh, not by any means, but uh, Dakar and. He's using the sat phone to keep in touch with Matt, who's in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so you watch Long Way Up. How do you not know how to... It, it, it's been 12 years. Different, and it's also a different phone. So but the still. ones that they used on Dakar were more like a, a a phone phone. And it seems like the ones they're using for Long Way Up are more of a walkie. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, I don't think Charlie and you are the type of people to have Nextels. So. Right. But I mean, they used a traditional sat, uh, sat phone for long way round because yeah. that's how they call when they flipped the animal. That's how Charlie called Russ or Dave when Russ flipped the, Dave, the animal. Yeah, he was talking to Dave when Russ and uh, Vasily flipped. Yeah, man, that was that God, was very wrecking too. I, I I will say you were right though because the one thing that you really wanted to be or the person you really wanted to be on the crew was. The medic, die, die. The medic from uh, Long Way Down. I do miss. I do miss die. He was a funny Welshman, man. Yeah, I, I just did. a huge dude and super funny, like like this kind of gentle giant who just joked all the time. He was a, he was a cool cat. Yeah, but I'm I am really happy Jimmy is on there. I, I do like him a lot. Oh yeah. He even says like I grew up in Chicago. I shouldn't be this cold. They're in Patagonia. It's zero <laughs> outside. They're like a stone throw from Argentina. And he's like, it shouldn't be cold. I grew up in Chicago. It's like yeah. It's it's a completely different animal down there. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see where the show's going to go. I I'm me too. I'm really too. grateful that 99.9 percent of all my fears were alleviated, and that I can Within actually the first be excited. Three seconds. Yeah, and I could enjoy Just a small it. Small clip. I could I could enjoy it. Like it as soon as as soon as I knew that the little minutia stuff was fine, I didn't care because I knew the show would take care of itself. If it got that right, if it kept true to what it was, I knew that whatever was going to happen. Would be fine. I'd be fine right. with it. And I, I, I knew that I was like, it's just I'm, I'm adventure from that point forward, and, yeah. and just being along for the ride. I love that little eco place they went to with those uh, geodesic domes and yeah, <laughs> like all the piss and shit is in there. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. go ahead, Charlie, drink it. Uh, no. And how they just mess with him because he's like, he's well, like, Charlie do you have would place want to, to plug in the bikes. He's like, no, we don't have electricity here, dude. He's like, I'm just messing with you. Come on, it's over here. You know, Charlie would have gotten like Giardia from from drinking out of that because of sure, how his yeah. luck was like. 
and he's puking and crapping. He's he's just like a a sprinkler system coming well, out like, of both sides. He's, he's like, I'll keep riding. Come on, boys. Well, it's like in the first one when, when you were talking about like uh, you know mosquitoes fucking it at night. We were talking about the, they didn't clean the pot that <laughs> yeah. well. And he's like, well, you just take a five hundred mil and then you know knock it out in one go. That was that was Charlie's solution to getting painstaking, crippling diarrhea. You just take a five hundred mil antibiotic, knock it out, and then just keep going. Keep going. And then, I fucking do, love Charlie Borman. Do you, do you remember in Long Way Down? I think this was during the, uh, the the Ev section when he's talking about. He's like, I think I have malaria. I think and he, he's waiting till the end of that day's journey to get to camp or wherever they were going to get the malaria test out. Jesus. <laughs> he's like, guy. I think I have malaria, so I'm going to test myself. Uh, so then I, it turns out that he doesn't have malaria, but he still feels like shit. So they're like, okay, now what do you wait, do? He had like, the flu. Oh, this, didn't he have the flu or something? I think it was the flu. Yeah. But it was the same thing. He's just like, I'll just keep riding. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take some in. We'll keep going. Okay, just give me a packet of crisps <laughs> and, a, and a hot cuppa and I'll be all right. That's right. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I, um, I I really do love these shows a lot. He is the, uh, he's the dean of the University of Badassery, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I I think well, I mean you and I have a lot of stuff that obviously as we have enough to fill up a couple of podcasts for a couple of seasons of stuff that we both really enjoy a lot. But I would say that that this is definitely a you and I thing. I I don't really know of anybody else who watches this show. My brother in law, my brother in law fell in love I, at least with Long Way Round. I don't know if he's seen Down, and I don't know if he's got uh, Apple TV Plus to watch Long Way Up. But I know that he loved the first one. But I mean fanatically about it, how you and I watch it. Like like this and Band of Brothers, I would say, are the two things that yeah. you and I are Have like. to watch once a year. Yeah. And, and The Office. And now Parks and Rec for you. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. The, this year was the first time I did a rewatch of Parks and Rec. And I don't know if I'll do it next year. It's but, so good. But Long Way and Band of Brothers, is that's the two I have to watch every year. Yeah. No matter what. Got to fit him in. But yeah, I just I don't know anyone else who is like this with the show. Either. But like I said earlier, we know from being online and seeing the message boards and seeing the posts that people have put out there. There's a there there's are, a community. There's a good chunk. Um, I just I mean more like in our because like you know like we in know, our circles. I in I our circle, yeah. Because like like Dan, you know, we're like oh you know Dan like Star Wars, Back to the Future, and you know Lord of the Rings. Like we can. You know, Letter Kenny, like we we have like there's commonality shows between all of us, but like this is this is truly just a you and I thing. Yeah, uh, I don't know circle. if Dan's ever watched this, but I'm sure if he hasn't and he did, he would fall in love with it. Yeah, Dan, you should definitely do that. Check Get an out. Apple TV. He has it because he recommended Ted Lasso to me. Oh yeah, I saw the. Have you watched that? that? I haven't yet. It's that's really really good. That's gonna be. Uh, and I think Dan even said it best. He said there is a a strong. Um, uh, uh, major league vibe. Oh, really? To it, yeah. Which, which I get. I, I think it's it's its own thing, though. There's like that that underdog coming up. My but, question is, with it, can Jesus hit a curveball? Uh, yes. Oh, okay, absolutely. Because that was a thing for major league. It's one of the things that I absolutely love. Is are you telling me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> Joe Boo. So hits four bets. Yeah, so we'll have to talk about Ted Lasso next time. If and, I watch uh, it, I got a lot going on, man. I'm 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 in the middle of my Gilmore Girls rewatch. Remember, I might not be able wait, to get this to is it. four. Or I'm in I'm in three right now. Oh, you're in three. I thought you finished three. No, no, I'm I'm season five. My bad. Okay, four five. I don't know. They run together. 
Well, the good thing about Ted Lasso is that it is a uh, uh, Apple TV original, which is episodic. So you've oh. got what five episodes, maybe five or six, to catch up, and then you'll be week to week again. Okay, well that's not that bad then. Okay, yeah, I may I may throw that in the docket. It's good. It's good. Um, it makes me want to go to London, though. That's God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. We have, such, just... we have such a checkered history, you and I, with London. Yeah, right. I'll have to tell that story someday. But that is that is my number one bucket list travel place, is London. Mine's Pennsylvania. Really? Yeah, never been. Any specific area? I've never been. Allegheny National Forest? or No. How about Erie? You just want to go to Erie? Erie, PA? <laughs> Gotta be quick. You stayed up late? Steubenville? I'm signing. You're signing. We're all signing. A man in a really nice RV wants to put a record on the radio. Have some chili. So let me ask you this. What sure. What would ruin Long Way Up for you besides Adam showing up? Uh, or whoever his new fling is. If they lean too heavy into messaging. Because one of the things that I really loved about the other two is that they, they did a lot of work for UNICEF. But they, they really highlighted... The kids. It's yeah. like, he, we're here to help through UNICEF, and here are the people we're helping. It wasn't heavy-handed in messaging or, or cause. It didn't feel like, on the next very special episode of Long Way Round. Yeah. Or, or, you know, it was, they put it in as part of the adventure, and they highlighted the people who were being helped by them being there. Yeah. And they got in and got out, and it flowed really nicely. I think when you lean too heavily into a message, it takes away from the overall feeling of what you're doing. Um, and so going up through the, the rainforest in South America and, and even like some of the war-torn areas that they're going to be going through, I want them to highlight that. I want them to highlight what's going on in the world and, and how they can help and things like that. But I don't want it to be, like I said, you know, very special episode of Long Way Up. Yeah. Where that takes all of the focus away. I think they really deftly highlighted it in Series 1 and Series 2. And if they can maintain that. And I have a hope that they can because of all of the similarities that we have already talked about. And the way that that this series is very much like those other two. I think that... It's a very good chance that it's not going to get too heavy-handed with the messaging, and, and I think that would be the thing that took me out of it is if they got too too preachy, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I, I can get by on that. What what would what would be one thing that I mean besides like what I said with uh, the BMWs just show up, bring <laughs> bring choppering in the bikes in the middle of uh, <laughs> the rainforest? They just drop them off. Got to get to this charging station to get the bikes. So, what would be the one thing that would surprise you? Like, I just give you that, like, holy shit, that's fantastic. I can't believe they were able to do this, this, or this. Or, like, what's what would be one thing that that you'd be, like, if, if you saw it, your life would be never the same again? I guess that, that's a horrible way to say it. Like, I'll give you an example. So, for yeah, me... Yeah, help me out with that, because I, I... For me, you and you and touched on that, um, that phone charger, that rollout um, solar pad where it was almost like the entire thing was cloth. Yeah. And they were like, boy, I wish we could get one of these for the bikes. I well, They had one. It was on top of the support vehicle. Right, right, work. right, 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 right. I, I 
for some reason, it's it's like the gun theory where it shows up in Act 1, it's got to be important for Act 3. I would love to see them halfway through the trip get a phone call and say, okay, the next major city that you're going to be riding through is blah, blah, blah. We have a Harley-Davidson dealership or we've got a Rivian representative who's going to meet you that has a, a solution to your solar charging. We were able to develop this new prototype technology. It hasn't been tested yet, but if you go off and decide to go camping, you can unroll this mat and it absorbs the solar energy or whatever and will quick charge your bike through just solar and it works. That would be amazing. That would be life-changing, super expensive technology. But I would like it would be like the next the next step forward in or even swappable battery packs, dude. Could you imagine that? If they just had swappable battery packs, so yeah. instead of sitting there for six hours waiting for a recharge, they could just slip the dead battery out, put the new one in, and drive on while the support vehicle charges the dead battery. Yeah, that would be really nice. That would nice. be amazing. I I really wondered why Check off's gone, by the way. Checkoff's gun. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I, I knew it was somebody something. Which I knew it was a gun. gun. I knew it was a gun. Schrodinger's gun yeah. simultaneously exists and doesn't exist. I would also like to see, or would have liked to have seen Harley do a design where they could incorporate an alternator to charge the batteries. Off of the wheel movement yes. and the braking and the, the shocks, like there has to be a way to convert X, Y, and Z grid Was pattern kinetic, kinetic energy. Kinetic energy. Yeah. Um, because it's just transference of motion into energy, like up and down. You have up and down, left and right, and side to side, essentially. And so you should be able to harness the the expended energy back into the bike kinetically. Yeah. And and I'm I'm just shocked that Harley wasn't able to come up with something. Now, granted, I'm I'm They're sure that it's working on the tech. It's well, just, they they've again, got that with the the cars now because of the braking. Like it stores energy when you brake to redistribute to the car mm -hmm. for like the Priuses and stuff. But like for the motorcycles, I just feel like if the the offer bikes, it'd be too likely to snap. Like when Ewan says how how long, how many days until I break this indicator off, and you and Charlie's <laughs> yeah. like an hour. An hour. <laughs> That's really funny. But like, I just imagine that like that would be like the ABS system in the in the BMWs going out, like disconnecting and right. you know it would just be something that would be so easily broken that it okay. that it wouldn't. Fit. But I just thought like how cool of an idea would be like we've got quick charge batteries, we've got the quick charge outlet, and also we're able to get some sort of a kinetic motion machine in order to store and direct that the energy from the wheels, the brakes, and the shocks yeah. into a charging it's station probably. alternator. You probably just don't get enough juice out of that. Even even if you went to all points of the bike, well, you just wouldn't get just, enough. Juice. It just depends on your gear ratios, though. I mean, that's the thing is is you go you know small to large gear ratios. If you have the right ratio to turn the alternator to spin it, yeah. then then and if you're doing fifty or sixty miles per hour and it's directly connected to both wheels that are spinning at fifty miles per hour with the right gear ratio, you should be able to spin that alternator yeah. at ten. 10 times that speed. Here, here's my devil's advocate thing. Who's to say that's not happening now? Who's to say that that 100 mile range isn't taking that into consideration already? Like, I think they would have highlighted that. that. I think they would have definitely highlighted I that. I don't know. Because of, because of you. It's, and, sure, it's interesting though. Like, yeah. And one of the things that I, I picked up in watching the first three episodes is as far as we've come with electric tech, 
it's still not there yet, man. Yeah. When we get to a point where you can refill a battery as quickly as stopping at a gas station and refilling your tank, we're there. When you can get the same range out of a battery that you can out of a gas tank, we're there. But we're not there. Yeah, I mean, there was some initial thought, and and I don't remember where I saw the article, and I, I popular mechanic, I don't know where. Do you remember? American. Do you remember when Apple was trying to and and Samsung were trying to compete for the inductive charging, and Apple had a patent out, I believe, or Samsung had a patent out for a wall plug. That was a wireless charger. If you were in range of like ten feet, you could your phone would just automatically connect and charge. Yeah, and it was part of like kind of inductive but wireless charging. There was some Which someone Tesla was working on in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, was somebody hypothesized that you could that you could take an ele- an all electric vehicle and put those outlets on the roadway. Yeah, and that. As the the vehicle we would self charge, did we? Yeah, well, not on the show, but like just you and I, you and I, in where, yeah, where it would right. self charge as it rolled, but also use the mechanical energy, inertia, and kinetic right. energy to charge the battery. So you get a three a three power source right. charge. So that right. essentially, if you had a solar panel on the top of the vehicle during daylight, and some sort of solar adjacent lighting system at night, where it would still, der- I mean. Can you charge off of any type of bulb? Like, is there a solar equivalent sure. bulb that will charge? Maybe not to the same degree as the sun, but... You you can do that with a solar calculator, yeah. Well, yeah, so that's, that was my thought, was like, you have to be able to do that. It might not give you the same amount of charge. But, so like, they sh- that's what, the, the next step should be re-Eisenhowering the, 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 the internal infrastructure and getting it prepped for... What do we need to do to make vehicles be able to charge while they're while they're driving and start changing out lights so that they replicate solar for at night so that solar panels can charge while driving underneath it? Putting inductive or magnetic charging capabilities on, in the road in the itself roadway. or so it'll charge as you drive. So that it'll charge as you drive. I mean, just getting that stuff ready, but that would be something that that would be, you know. Sorry, I keep rubbing on this cord. That would make I think that would help make electric cars more Viable. Viable. There's a ton of, of theories and things that you could try to make electric more viable. But the, the thing that bothers me about electric, though, is that... It's slow going and people just need to be patient, I think, is the, is the, I, the key to it. I get the understand for... I, I get the, the understand for climate preservation and I understand the, the climate change mentality. And wanting to not put those, those you know, the pollutants into the air. By, by burning diesel and by burning gasoline and fossil fuels. I get getting off of fossil fuels. That's the next step in generation. But, you know, my, my thought process is electric is great by not burning a combustible fuel. But what do you think makes electricity? It yeah. Because it, it still primarily comes from coal. Primarily, yeah. I mean, it's still, it's, I mean, I don't know it's, if it's a 50-50 split or a 60-40 split, but, but coal is still the primary thing that we burn in the US to get electricity. So exactly. by charging your vehicle, you're not really offsetting your carbon footprint as much. Also let me let me let me propose this. Where do you store the electricity to run a bike or a car or a truck? In a battery. What is a battery? Plastic. And lithium? Nickel metal hydride, uh, whatever. Yeah. You have to mine for those things. Yeah. 
So not only do you have the, uh, the ecological impact from mining, but you also have these diesel... Ow. Uh, are you okay? Gotta attack my <laughs> cat. cat. But you've got the, the diesel uh, heavy machinery that's being used in the mining. You've got uh, these ships that are uh, taking the batteries from overseas to the United States or vice versa, whatever. But all of this is... So, but then also I, I the, the, the battery life itself. Like once the battery is dead, it it's toxic it's for the dead. environment. Yeah, it's dead, and you got to get a new one. But I mean, it's the the breakdown of the metals and the way that it corrodes is toxic for the environment. Yeah. So there's not even a good disposal method. Right. I think until until you have a hundred percent solar, that electric is not viable. As as a, as a true alternative. <laughs> Maybe not solar. Solar and kinetic mechanical. I think the key is the is the conversion, converting the energy to. Like convert power. Chewy's energy to some <laughs> solar chargers. Yeah. Let's bottle that up and sell. Hey, it. bud, why don't you lay down or go to bed? Anyway, at the, at the end of the day, I think that the, I think the thing is, is that you can't simultaneously have alternative energy sources and not have fossil fuel based energy sources. Right, you need to keep the fossil fuels going because though operating the heavy machinery, uh, moving them on ships, all of that stuff, you need those things to to move the technology forward right now. Yeah. So if you're trying to scale back the fossil fuels and increase the electric, you can't really do it. Doesn't, it doesn't you, offset itself. It does enough. You have to increase the production using these fossil fuels, unfortunately, to get the tech to the point. Where, because let's face it, man, the, the, the fuel of the engine of the economy at this point is fossil fuels. Yeah. And you've got to use that to move new tech forward. And well, only then, when you get the tech to the point where it's viable, are you able to scale back the use of fossil fuels and the old tech? Yeah. And it's not that we're being fuddy-duddy stick in the muds where we're like, just drill the... Drill, drill the Arctic. Like we're not, we're not saying that. We're just being we're realistic. Just, we're being realistic, but but also, I mean, if you look through history, I mean, look at the Industrial Revolution, where everything was burning coal to get to a point where we didn't need to burn coal anymore for trains. That's you know for for localized transportation. Yeah. You know, like before the auto revolution in the what thirties, forties, and fifties, when gasoline became the new. Like there weren't there weren't gasoline powered engines readily available, like it wasn't it, it wasn't something that we that we even thought of until this until you know Ford came in and 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 did the combustible engine combustion combustion engine. God damn it! It's combustible too. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, until Ford developed we'll, until we'll Ford developed the Model <laughs> T to run on you know leaded gasoline. At that point, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a viable fuel source that was used at all. It was people shoveling coal into fucking yeah, furnaces right. and burning it to get a train from Chicago to New York in however much time it was. And now, you know, and, and so we had this to continue. Process, yeah, we just know? we had to continue to burn the fuck out of coal and horribly pollute those areas in order to get to a point where gasoline became the alternative, which was less of an impact on the environment, although still yeah. not hundred percent great. It was a right it was a next step forward. And I think people forget that. On the on the road to true technological freedom from fossil fuels or being chained from it, there's a lot of steps on that rung, and and you yeah. can't when you're climbing a ladder, it's very dangerous to skip steps. And even though you know we've gone from 
crazy deforestation and crazy amounts of strip mining. I don't know if that's not still going on. I mean, we it's do frack, frack, fracking now. I mean, you know, it's just it's it it's not the best solution, but it's a step forward. We're not taking steps backwards. And and yeah. I think that that you and Charlie on uh, to to kind of bring it back around, you and Charlie. I mean, they even say like this is the first time an electric vehicle will ever run from South America to North America on this road. Right. This is the first motorcycles. These are the first two trucks. This is this is a huge step forward in potential, but it's not going to become the norm. And I mean, he says ten years, everyone will be driving electric vehicles. No, it, that we're we're way far off from we're that. Off Unless that. something crazy exponentially, you know, uh, amazing happens in technology where we go, oh hey, we figured out how to turn dark matter into, you know, pure energy. And it's or hey, we figured out cold fusion because Val Kilmer and the Saint there saved Elizabeth's shoe <laughs> because Thomas Aquinas showed up. Like, there's a there's an old school deep yeah, cut. Really. Like, and, and, until something major happens, it's we have to take these small steps. But it's about not standing still or stepping backwards. It's about trying to continue to move forward. Yeah. And, and you get these people like like um, the Tesla vehicles that are out now, which are amazing cars. So beautiful. That's my dream car. It, it really like yeah. It's, I want one. Uh, 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 an old coworker slash person I may or may not have dated worked for Tesla. Really? Yeah. And hmm. she, uh, she was very, uh, I mean, I think her pronoun is still she, I don't know. Um, okay. she, she quit, but she was in part of, part of making the, the non-combustion engine uh-huh. or combustible engine. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like that there are these like massive leaps that we see like, oh my God, this, this right. is, this is so far ahead of its time that it seems foreign. Not everyone can afford it. But it gradually will get there with the norm. And I think that's the whole key. And I think that that's one of the, the beautiful things about what you and Charlie are doing right now is highlighting where we have come to, right? Because you can you can have all of these conversations about we're not far enough down the line yet. And the tech isn't there yet. And, and we need to do more. And we need to do this. All true. All true. But let's take a minute and appreciate how far we have come. Yeah. Even 10 years ago, that trip... Never would have been possible. Ten years ago? Never would have been possible. Well, let's see. So the the place that we worked at ten years ago sponsored the uh, the X race, which was they yeah. had they had offered to give, and I might be wrong on these figures, a hundred thousand uh, dollar donation to the first person to come up with a vehicle hundred percent solar power that could go a hundred miles. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was something like that. It was about 10 years ago. So so 10 years ago, 100 miles in a solar vehicle or an electric vehicle was the dream. Now we have Tesla vehicles, which are high-end luxury vehicles. The truck that's coming out, which is fucking badass. Um, It looks amazing. The Tesla truck, aces. Uh, I don't know. I think it looks fucking cool. I think it looks cool, 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 cool. Too angular for me. But and you know that now we and but now we've got these electric motorcycles. We've got the electric scooters that that are in every major city right now. Like yeah. like we're at a point where ten years ago, like we could see the payoff. We could see how you know like oh, you could give a hundred thousand dollar grant or whatever to somebody to come up with this hundred miles. Who's going to go hundred miles on a thing? Now we got motorcycles that are doing it in South yeah, America off roading. South America exactly. And and that's my whole point is is. If we can just take a minute and appreciate how far we have come instead of focusing so much on how far we have yet to go. Yeah. Because let's face it, we do have a long way to go. 
Um, you could say that it's a long way up from here. Hey, oh, I think that's a great point to end on. Um, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's fine. No, you had a, you had a final thought. Um, yeah, I was gonna say something. But, oh, it's it's kind of like something that that uh, it's sort of the reverse of of what Charlie and you and always say on the trips, which are when you're going off road, it's best to look as far off into the few, as uh, in the distance as you can. Because if you look directly in front of you, you're yeah, going to stumble and fall. Exactly. But this this is kind of a message of like, look at where we're at right now. Look what's directly in front of us. Look at look at what the near future is holding. Don't continue to stare off at the horizon to see where how far we still have yet to go. Like, right. look and see how far we've already come. You're absolutely right. And it's a long way. Yeah. We have come a long way. Yeah. And it's worth it was, celebrating. Ooh, not only was it a long way around to get to the joke about coming down and that we still have a long way up to go in this but it's been a long time coming oh there you go which is our theme song from my old band let's play that funky music white boy oh god don't fucking end on that be better I know this is our first show but Nick and Ron are listening they're our new fans Thank you.